Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fings. We're back, man. Episode 216. Yes, sir. First off, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the happy mothers Mother's out Day there. to all the mothers out there. Mm-hmm. All the single mothers out there. Yeah. All the single mothers out there that listen to this podcast. Oh, yeah. We love y'all. All the single mothers out there that listen to this podcast that want to have sexual relations with me and Keith. <laughs> 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 they didn't see that curveball coming. Shout out to y'all. Happy yep. Mother's Day to the single fathers as well. Yeah. Yeah. Even though you was a crack fiend, mama. <laughs> always was a black queen, mama. <laughs> yeah, there was like a little compilation video of kids fucking with their parents. Yeah. And it was these kids that they were on Mother's Day, they was like, I want to sing you a song. And I seen it on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And he was like, even though you was a black, no, even though you was a crack fiend, mama, you always uh-huh. like, hey, don't be singing me that shit. Uh, <laughs> niggas for sure love to dedicate that song to their mom and their mom ain't never been on drugs. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a bunch of pissed off black moms like, hey, hey, motherfucker, don't do that. Don't do that to me. You touch no drugs. Yeah. But yeah, shout out to all the mothers out there, man. That's yeah, a, for sure. That's the, the heavy lifting. You guys are doing the heavy lifting out there when it comes to, you know, raising kids. You yeah, know? yeah, for sure. Yeah, love and, and also love your mom, you know, especially yeah. if she's in your life um, in any capacity. Because, um, you know, for, for me, I found like only recently I found a new appreciation for my mom. So I made sure to, uh, I tried to take her out to eat today, but she was, my mom is like, like a like a go-getter, I guess. Mm-hmm. And she's like very independent. So um she was already like cooking and I'm like, Mom, why, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um I tried to take her out to eat and she was she uh I texted her and she was like, I'm already cooking. So um I just ended up getting her some flowers and I'll probably take her out to eat later this week or whatever. But yeah, man, make sure you, you know, cause it, you gotta think, man, how is one is difficult to raise kids, right? Yeah. And for you to be listening to this podcast, if your mom is in your life, you know, like put that caveat there. If your mom um, is in your life, she she went through a lot, you know, oh, for yeah. you to get to where you are. Oh so, yeah. So you know, just show that appreciation. Yeah, the fact that you know, the fact that she walked around swollen feet, very uncomfortable for nine months. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the fact that it changed her body. Yeah. Like a lot of women go through like. A lot of women go through definite changes with their bodies after they have kids. Mm-hmm. You know, certain things, their back gets fucked up. It's, I know some women that had kids, their back's fucked up now, and mm-hmm. they got side effects from this happening to them or this happening to them. Or they feet they got is a, a one size bigger sometimes. Yeah, they mm-hmm. uh, they get they could get hemorrhoids, all kinds of shit. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. the if they they could have something wrong with their back, I guess they got that epidural shot. Mm-hmm. Like that shit crazy. Or women like. <clears throat> Having a C-section and yeah. literally slicing it open, getting cut open yeah. to have a child. Like, yo, that's that's a tall order. Like, if if I don't care, like if I had a kid and me and his mother didn't work out, I would always respect her because of what she went through yeah. to, to, you know, to have my child. Yeah. I shout, mean, all I did was bust a nut. I did the easy <laughs> part. Shout out to, uh, to Joe Budden. I think, like, it's interesting when you see, like, people mature. Right. Over the course of yeah, I mean we're maturing ourselves, but also like when you just see people like famous people maturing stuff. He he had posted like this little montage of like I seen that appreciation earlier. for his baby mom. So that's like you know kind of like similar to what you're saying. Like you know you just kind of forever grateful for you know what they went through yeah. those nine months. He, and stuff. he posted a, he posted a picture of her at like at a restaurant with a cup on her stomach when she was pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, man, like 
that's the thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, man, I just shout out to you guys, man. And mm-hmm. we know some some of you guys, especially that, that tune into the pod, that you know, you got kids. So we just want to, from the bottom of our hearts, we want to give you a special Valentine's Day. Um, but I mean, I Valentine's like, I mean, special Mother's Day. Yeah. What the fuck am I thinking about? Oh, no, I thought that was a joke at first. I was like, yeah, what is that? I guess I'm trying to serenade somebody's mom. <laughs> Stacy's mom is got it going on. <laughs> Stacy's mom. <laughs> That's the real Mother's Day anthem right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's this dude on TikTok that, like, women will come up to the window. I guess, I guess he works at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And, like, would you like the free uh, the, the free uh, beverage discount? And she was like, yeah, it's MILF Mondays. You can have a free drink. <laughs> and he was like, would you like to take the coupon? He, she was like, oh, oh my God. Yes. I'll <laughs> yeah, but I, I think mothers, like, mom, women don't admit it, but they, they want to feel need. Like, I don't say needed, but they want to feel wanted in society. Yeah. You know, just because yeah. you're a mom don't mean you ain't sexy no more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You pull up to the window, somebody want to give you a free drink for being a MILF. Yeah. Women kind of be like, guess who called me a MILF today? <laughs> Girl, you won't believe what just happened. Yeah, they'd be like, <laughs> especially when a woman's a little bit older and like yeah. a younger dude hits on them, that's yeah. probably like the highlight of the day. Oh, for sure. They'd be like, uh, like, hey, uh, excuse me, ma'am. I just think you're really attractive. Like, oh my God, you're like probably old enough to be my son. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I yeah. Can't. And they'd be like, well, I mean, what's the problem, ma'am? <laughs> I'm old enough to stick dick in you, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, this would be funny. What if there's like, I'm old enough to be your mommy? No, they'd be like, I'm old enough to be your mommy. I don't know if that's appropriate. And he'd be like, well, I'm old enough to be your daddy. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's bro. actually my favorite porn section on Pornhub. Oh man, yeah. that's you know those those narratives in porn are so played out. Yeah, it's like like oh, it's my stepmom. I don't think we should be doing this. <laughs> the cra- the crazy yeah. part is like we got such short attention spans that mm-hmm. the titles don't even really matter anymore. No, like the whole stepsister and the stepmom and all that, like the mother in law and all that. No one's really. No one's watching the video long enough to really get the context of the relationship. I don't. Be- I, I, I think that there's some people that get off on that. Like they want to believe that that shit's real. Yeah. At one point, I wonder if there was like a real. That was a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like stepmom accidentally fucked stepson. Um, that I'm sure that happened in real life. Before. It probably did. Yeah. That's got to be a terrible feeling. You come home and your wife's in there with your son. God damn. That's a really weird thing. Yeah, I, I don't have any like. I I don't know. I want. This is what I want to know. Um, I guess it's myself. Let me think. Cause got in. Is the is a step like the step family? Is that more of a white thing? What do you mean? Like, like the videos? No, just in 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 general. Because I know like, um, and I may be, I'm, and I'm only asking. I'm not making an assumption. Um, when I think about like step families, oftentimes like the parents will have a. 10-year relationship mm-hmm. they may break up or whatever um and then go have an entirely new family and then there's like you know the they the one of the kids lives with the stepmom mm-hmm. and they got you know, half brothers and sisters and stuff like mm-hmm. that and step sisters and brothers um i'm just wondering is that is that more common in like white families and i don't know mm-hmm. honestly i know it's, it's it's more um it's you see it on sitcoms back in the 90s yeah yeah <laughs> step by step 
day by day. Is that the, the Brady Bunch was kind of like that too? Remember they had an uncle? I think his name was Cody and he lived in his van out in the backyard. <clears throat> I don't I never really watched that show. I, well, I did. So nobody ever questioned why Cody just kept sleeping in his van all those years. He never fucking bettered himself. <laughs> <laughs> uncle Cody, what's up, man? Oh, not much, man. Just out of my van. <laughs> That's a low value man right there. Yeah, this nigga was sleeping in a van. Yeah. Like, we never questioned the shit that we seen when we was kids. Yeah. Like, Uncle Cody is in that goddamn van for ain't all doing these. nothing. Ain't doing nothing. Hey, what's up, kids? But he's like the cool guy at the same time. Which is funny because he's probably based off of somebody that they knew in their personal life. Yeah. There's probably an Uncle Cody in the right, you know, r- related to one of the it, writers or something. Yeah, I think everyone is. Like, sometimes I think about that, that bus driver on the Simpsons, Otto. Mm hmm. Like, hey, what's up, kids? What's going on, man? Yeah. Like, he's like a guy that, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. and he fucking hates the kids on that bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mayor Quimby. You ever seen Mayor Quimby? Mm-mm. Mayor Quimby is based off uh, John Kennedy. Mm. You're like, got you. Springfield, I'm going to do everything we can to get uh, this thing yeah, on the yeah. road. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, him. And then uh, I don't know who the black doctor on The Simpsons is after, but it's, hmm. he's a, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He's like, oh, Homer Simpson. Back in here again, huh? <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, Universal Studios. They have uh, like a whole section of uh, Simpson stuff. And they yeah. got like these huge donuts. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I, w- I had, I couldn't even finish it. I may, I may have ate like a quarter of it or a little less than half. And I was like, this is too much. You finished that? You'd be looking like Homer if you finished that yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had a cool ride, though. It was cool. You shot yeah. to, right. to Simpsons. Yeah. Well, yeah, before we switch gears, uh, once again, happy Mother's Day. God bless you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for doing the heavy lifting, because all we did was bust a nut. <laughs> happy Mother's Day to all the dog moms out there, too. I, knew, I know y'all need a little bit of love on today. Nah, nah. Y'all got to stay with your dog. <laughs> they, not. they post a picture with the dog talking about, happy Mother's Day to me. The dog don't even know what the fuck is going on. Dog got foam. Yeah, no perception of holiday. Yeah, bro. the dog's got foam and shit coming out of his mouth. Kibbles and bits all dried up on his legs. <laughs> <laughs> Switching gears. Um, uh, unfortunately, the, the recent news of Kevin Samuels. Well, it's fortunate news for some people. But Kevin Samuels, the image consultant um, who had a very popular YouTube channel with over almost like 1.44 million subscribers. Um, he, he basically had uh, videos of him speaking to women, and um, prior to that, he spoke to men. And it was more or less um, just just basically having conversations with women that were single, that were trying to find, I guess, a high-value man or trying to get married or be in relationships. And Kevin Samuel was the type of guy that um, he was multiple things. I felt like he was, um, um, how do you say it? I felt like he had a lot of really great information, but I also felt he was an asshole. And I also felt he was very, at times, very diplomatic and respectful. And other times I thought he was very disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And other times, but this is what I will say about Kevin Samuels. One thing I never took him as is a liar. I never took him as a liar. And I feel that like there's a certain dark truth, like a very dark truth that most people cannot handle. Because that dark truth is based in truth. So, for example, if there's a guy, and I'll use a guy as an example. Let's just say he's five foot six, but he's like 300 pounds, doesn't make a lot of money. And he is basically, and he says, um, women don't like good men. Like, why don't women like good men? Like, you can't be a good man. They don't ever want to date a good man. 
if you told that man the very truth about himself, it would hurt him. And you would basically have to tell him, hey, unfortunately, most women are not attracted to men who are five foot six and 300 pounds and you're broke. That's the dark truth. Mm -hmm. But that same dark truth can help you better yourself. If you go out and work out to lose some weight and better yourself and your mental health, go out and find a better career to make some money instead of being in a position of less while speaking about women. I don't think that you should be in a position to talk bad about women if you don't even have the basics covered. And I think a lot of women had the same problem. Now, a lot of men were more receptive to it, even though they were hurt. But when he didn't become viral until he spoke about women. Yeah. Because women are not used to men talking to them like this. They hated it. There are a lot of women online right now that are kind of happy that Kevin Samuels is dead. But I'm not I'm not I'm not lumping all of them in with other women. There are a lot of women that say I didn't agree with Kevin Samuels, but I'm not about to sit here and celebrate a man's death. That's sick. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I heard him give information to women that they needed to hear. And I know this sounds fucked up, but to basically give you an idea, a tone of who he was, I'll say this. There'll be a woman who was on the bigger side that says she liked a man who was physically fit that made six figures and you know, was respectful and could take care of her kids. That's what she said. He said, why would a man that's in the top 1% take a overweight woman with kids that, that are not his and take care of them? Why would you think a man in the 1% would want that? And she was like, well, I'm a, you know, I'm a high value woman. I'm this and that. And it's not to shame a woman for her weight, but we have to start being real about ourselves. We have to start looking at ourselves and realizing, yo, I have to be a catch before I want a catch. Mm -hmm. Like women want a man who's a catch. They don't want to do this five, six, 300 pounds and broke. A man that is, a, and, and on the other end, if a man is a catch and he's in the top 1%, even if he does like bigger women, you know, it's nothing wrong with liking bigger women. But if he doesn't, <coughs> that doesn't make him a bad person. Mm -hmm. Like you're not the highest version of yourself, yet you want the best. And I think that Kevin Samuels was fucking destroying that narrative. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's one thing I did like about him a lot. Yeah, I think there was this, um, this uh, tone that we hadn't really heard before. Right. Um, especially the way society is moving. Society is moving in a way where it's the uh, body positivity. Right, right, right. It's the, um, you know, uh, uh, whatever version of that or whatever that looks like, you know what I mean? Appreciating women for who they are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like they, it was almost in a space to where it was <clears throat> starting to lower our standards. Yes. Or, you know, or like shaming a man for having actual desires or having, you know, uh, having an opinion on what he wants out of, out right, of right. his partner or what that looks like. Right. So if a man was like, I want a fit woman that's. You know, I'm in my 30s. I want a woman or say you like 36, 37. You would say like, I want a woman that's at least 35 with no kids and in a good career. Mm -hmm. And you would get shame for that. Like, why does she have to have a good career? Why yeah. can't she have kids? A all single these, mother is a blessing. What's wrong with you? All these things. Right. Yeah. And uh, what Kevin Samuels did is he, he just kind of brought that those conversations to the forefront again. Right. And he brought them um, to the forefront in a way where he made it OK for people to have um, people to have expectations out of their partner. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what was so powerful. And, and like you mentioned, it wasn't that we 
agreed with everything he said. No. I don't agree with everything anyone says. hundred percent. Like um, sometimes, um, you know, we're fans of Charlemagne the God. Yeah. Um, as a as a person, uh, you know, I purchased his book and stuff like that. But yeah. I don't agree with everything he says. I don't agree with all his opinions. Definitely but that doesn't dis- that doesn't make me disregard him as an entire person. Right. Um, so same thing with Kevin Samuels. I don't know. I don't even know at what percentage I do agree with him on. But I think what he did was bring these conversations to the forefront. Excuse me. And another thing, he was always willing to engage in the conversation. Um, oftentimes he. He he knew, excuse me, food coming up. Um, he knew statistics. Yeah, that you know it made it difficult for a person to go in there if they didn't really know anything about right. um, what was going on. Like you know, there was a lot of women that would go in there and say, um, "I don't need a man. Men is you know, men are worthless in society. All these different things." And he'd be like, "If you're t- if you're." Uh, he was like, do you have water, running water? And then he'll be like, well, actually, mm-hmm. do you know that the majority of men work at this facility over here and mm-hmm. you need this? So he would just bring these conversations to the forefront and it would it would leave a lot of people stuck. Um, one thing I will say, too, although there was a lot of pushback um, and, you know, it might have been some people on Twitter that was excited and celebrating and people on Facebook and stuff like that. There was also people that said, like, he changed my life. You know, mm-hmm. he helped my marriage. Um, you know, I was in this, I was in this space and, you know, he helped me get, get over here. He helped me learn a lot about myself and you know what I mean? So it's always, it's always two sides of the coin. Obviously the negativity is generally going to spread further than the, the positive stuff. But, um, I think above all, he just brought, um, necessary conversations to the forefront, whether you liked him or not. Um, he, he brought these, um, topics to the forefront because, at the end of the day, all we have is relationships. Right. You know, we just spoke about Mother's Day. That's a byproduct of you know having a relationship. So yeah. you know, I think I think for him, he just kind of wanted to um, to teach people things that he uh, teach people things that he's probably learned over his was he fifty six, fifty seven years old. Yeah, fifty six. Yeah, fifty six years of life, and. Um, you know, just provide that to people that are, you know, and a lot, and a lot of people that caught in are, were pretty, were a lot younger than him. Um, and I believe he gave them valuable tools to, 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 to move in life. And I think for, yeah. you know, for, for a person like, even for me, listening to some of those conversations, <clears throat> I'm not 300 pounds, I'm not five, six or anything like that, mm-hmm. but it's something you can take away. Like, yeah, 100%. If I want this type of woman, if I want right. a woman that Thank has, you. that's making this type of money, Thank you. I gotta, I gotta fix what I got going 100%. on. I gotta st- start making more money myself. I gotta start working out. I gotta make sure I'm not bringing no baggage. I'm, right. know, I'm not just having kids randomly out here. Like I gotta put myself in position. Yeah. So even the people that are not necessarily being directly talked to, right. you could still pull some stuff from his conversation. Yeah. He said something that was very profound. Kevin Samuel said, be the man of your dreams before you want the woman of your dreams. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was a great statement. Mm-hmm. And, a, and you got to like the thing about it is like you have to be able to 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 like get through all the stuff that offends you and you will find a message there. Mm-hmm. You know, but the problem is, is you have to like the the dark truth will penetrate through someone's ego. And some people have an ego issue. And they don't want to let go of like, well, you know what? A man would be lucky to have me and I should be this way or this and that. I don't have to change anything. Okay, cool. Keep doing that and keep not getting the results you want. 
I think as men, we should be better men for ourselves. But in turn, I think we should be better men to be well prepared for the woman we want in our lives. I think that's a fair statement. Right. I think a lot of us have that cousin or that family member that's like 475 pounds. But everyone's too afraid to tell him that he's overweight. Yeah. Everyone's too afraid. So they just be like, just letting it rock. Bro, no. You need to tell him you are 475 pounds. I will be here as an outlet to help you, but you are too overweight. Mm-hmm. My grandpa, rest in peace to my grandpa, he is one of the only people that even if he said something fucked up, he would laugh about it. Mm-hmm. He said something pretty messed up to everybody in the family. Mm-hmm. He's told the women in our family, hey, you overweight. You need to lose weight. You ain't never going to get married being fat like that. <laughs> my grandpa used to say this shit. Mm-hmm. One of the last things he told me before he died, he'd be like, hey, you starting to get a little fat, Eddie, <laughs> and laugh. <laughs> Swear to God. Rest in peace, Sidney Tolliver. But I love him for that because people need to hear that shit. There is nobody else in the world that's going to give you the dark truth. Everyone's too afraid to offend everybody now. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in a world where we, we normalize everything because we don't want to do the work. We normalize shit that's not great. You, you, we should not be normalizing obesity. This is not to shame anybody in my family or anybody that I know, right? This is not a body shaming thing. It's scientifically proven. It is not okay to be obese, but most people are. Mm-hmm. We've normalized it. We have terms, we have words like body shaming. I don't think you should talk bad about somebody because they're overweight or shame them and make fun of them. I'm just saying, no, it's not okay. Mm-hmm. And if you are a man who is morbidly obese and you got this mass opinion about women, how about you lose some fucking weight mm-hmm. before you form this opinion about what woman that you want or women don't like good men? Well, women are also human and they want to be attracted to a man. Mm-hmm. If you're not sexually attractive, then stop making it like women are the fucking problem and go to the gym. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm not in the best shape myself. I, I work out regularly. I'm still a big guy, but I'm proactively working to get my weight back down. Mm-hmm. I lift all the time. I do cardio, and I'm just seeing it's it's gradual, but it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but people, man, like, just stop having. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm gonna jump back and forth, but I'll say this too, though. I find it crazy how at when he passed, people was like, "Well, he died in an apartment." with a fat white girl on top of him, like making up all these false narratives. First of all, the girl wasn't fat. She was thick as fuck. Mm-hmm. Secondly, she had a fat ass. Oh my God, she did. And she was Mexican. So this is how he died. Kevin Samuels died having sex with a thick Mexican woman on Cinco de Mayo. Mm-hmm. A thick Mexican nurse, mm-hmm. to be more specific. Yeah. That's how he died. So you could crack jokes on him and say he wasn't successful and he died in an apartment. Like, we don't know anyone's financial situation. A lot of rich people do live in apartments. Yeah. A lot of people that are well-to-do live in apartments. And if somebody who travels all the time, you don't always have to have a house. And then you don't even know what he had equity in or what he was doing. It's just people looking for confirmation bias to bash him. Yeah, apartments be different for wealthy people. 100%. I mean, it's apartments in Bakersfield where... People are nurses and make right. way probably $200,000 a year, but yeah. they just want an apartment. Yeah. And not only that, like, I mean, yo, it's crazy how people were saying, like, oh, he would need to live his truth. I think he was gay. He hated women and especially hated black women. Like, no. 
Mm-hmm. No, not at all. See, nobody. And you know what's funny about this too? Why, like, why are a lot of these women don't got no smoke for Wendy Williams? Mm-hmm. Where is this energy for Wendy Williams? She's a woman. Yeah, w- Wendy Williams has a primarily female audience, and she is a disgusting piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Wendy Williams has fucking aired out Method Man for no reason. Said that they had sex, and then she aired out a story about his wife having cancer, and mm-hmm. it was private until Wendy Williams opened her fucking mouth. Mm-hmm. And then she's done multiple disgusting things, and women ain't got no smoke for Wendy Williams. Mm-hmm. But the one time a man gets on a platform and has an opinion, even if you don't like it, you don't have to like it. I didn't like everything Kevin Samuel said, but I thought he made some great points. You are laughing at him being dead, but y'all ain't said nothing about Wendy Williams? Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I think, too, like just being happy that anybody died is kind of just um, – it further, shows like a mental illness. You're further, <clears throat> you're further validating his point. Yeah. I, I think like um, for me – Unless someone has harmed me in any way or done done something, you know, heinous to me or someone that I know, um, just the idea of like wishing somebody or being happy that someone's dead is just is out of pocket. That's even crazy. even a guy like Kevin McCarthy or Donald Trump or mm-hmm. um, I don't know anybody in that realm, if they passed away, I would. I wouldn't celebrate that. Not by any no, means. Fuck I would, no, fuck no. I'm probably be almost sad because I'm like, dang. Like, you know, just me being an empathetic person. Like, you know, someone lost their lives. He has family, he has friends and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, I just don't understand because someone had an opinion, you are excited that they died. Yeah. Russell Limbaugh wasn't a fan of him, but it was people on there like, thank God. He was just a hate, he was a hateful person. Mm-hmm. It's like, bro, you thanking God for somebody being dead. Don't you know your ass going to die too? Yeah. It's good. That day is going to come. That day going to come, bro. Yeah, you don't know when it's going to come. You're celebrating someone's death, but imagine this. Imagine if somebody was paying attention to you saying that, and then they pay attention to your post or your, your timeline, and you say, rest in peace to my mama, and they'd be like, ha, 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 your mom died. That would sound crazy. Oh, oh, but here's the thing, though. But you didn't have no problem having that smoke for somebody else. Mm-hmm. You can't expect empathy when your situation pop up. It's bad. And you was doing somebody else like that thinking, life is not a game. You can't keep playing around. Like this internet shit, you can't keep playing around on the internet and thinking that that's life. Like, like that's not real life. Yeah, everything comes around. Everything comes full circle. My Look, what I'll say is, is my advice to people is this. Stop trying to normalize mediocrity. If you see somebody, if somebody come up to me and ask me for advice or something, I have to determine who the person is and if I could talk to them and be very blunt. But it is like, man, I can't. I'm trying to find a workout plan. I'm trying to eat this or that. I'm trying to do this. I'll be like, look, man, if you're going to bullshit yourself, then uh, like, don't ask me questions. Mm-hmm. Like, I've gotten to the point now where it's like, bro, like when people are full of shit, I don't even want to talk to them. And it's like, yo, I'll, I'll tell you, like, hey, I'll tell you what you need to do. I've had people ask me multiple times, like, hey, I need some workouts, man. Can you send me some workouts and then I'll send I, I then I won't send it to them or I'll forget and they keep asking. And it's like, motherfucker, if you really wanted it, you would get on there and find it yourself. That's facts. It's just a lack of self-motivation, a lack of integrity. That's just it's just the the real the pandemic before the recent pandemic was mediocrity and normalized, normalized behavior that shouldn't be normal. Yeah, we normalize alcoholism. We normalize obesity. We normalize toxic relationships. We normalize toxic behaviors, mm-hmm. and we act like that shit's okay. 
They also, I think one, one thing with the, with the news outlets, and I also don't even want to make this conversation like all about the negative because mm-hmm. he impacted a lot of people's lives uh, in a positive way. So I definitely want to acknowledge that part about it. Um, but I, I didn't like that the, um, the news outlets were spinning him as like the toxic guy. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think what he was doing was toxic. It, I seen a headline that said controversial self, um, what do you call it? Self, um, what do you call it? Not self-made. When, when you basically you, you like evaluate yourself as something professional. Self-proclaimed. Yeah. Self-proclaimed image consultant. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, this is a this was basically, I hate to say this, this was a woman that probably wrote this article that hated him. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is another thing I will say to women, and this is to women everywhere. When a man has an opinion about a woman, it doesn't make him misogynistic. I would listen. Like I said before, I think it's important for men to listen to women because there's some important things that women are saying that men aren't hearing that would help us. Women, you need to listen because there are a lot of men that are literally they're well-intentioned. They want to tell you some things, but a lot of y'all be like, I ain't listening to no man. Why is a man trying to tell? Don't mansplain to me like you need to listen because the shit that's that's existing in your echo chamber ain't helping you. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just being real. I feel like as 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 a man who wants to better himself. I think that when a woman says something, I should fucking listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's facts. And I I think, you know, like you said, the biggest point is that this is a man, a successful man that is speaking as to what his peers would desire out of a woman. Right. Right, right, right. He's a high value man. So he's speaking from the perspective of, you know, what a high value man would want in in terms of a relationship. He's not wanting some girl some baby mama with x amount of kids and it's overweight it's just not like he's he's worked on himself so that he can um afford not literally afford Mm -hmm. by money but afford any woman he wants right you know his pick of the litter right and as we we see the byproduct of it you know probably an extremely successful very attractive nurse um you know that he was spending a night with Mm um but yeah i think i think you know, I think before we really pass judgment on someone's entire being, I think we should right. really do our research. 100%. I don't think you should pass judgment on him based off of a just a clip that you've seen on Instagram floating yeah. around. Like, really do your research. Really listen to some of his videos because the stuff that they put out there is always going to be the most controversial stuff. Yeah. But there's some more, um, uh, I guess... Um, relaxed conversations that he does have. Oh, he has a lot of those. You know what I mean? But the stuff that makes the headlines is generally the the crazy. He has some calm ones, but he does have conversations where he disrespected women. He didn't let them talk and get a word in edgewise. Yeah, for sure. And I mentioned that. I was like, hey, that's not cool. That's not not cool. I don't know if he was frustrated. It doesn't matter. He talked over women too at times. And I was like, dude, like you might need to chill and stop making content for a second or something because get get right personally get, get right personally for you talk to these women because some of it was just disrespectful yeah and other times I felt it was very productive he was very soft spoken and respectful to a lot of women too but he's a multifaceted person where he's more or less he's angry he's respectful he's mean but I think I think it would have been a better message and a better tone if he kept that same amount of consistently yeah been, been yeah been very blunt but be respectful too mm-hmm. um I I just think that I think that 
women aren't benefiting from the way that we I think women are not benefiting from how we communicate with them. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is is I think that if men found a way to to like form words in a more blunt way, I think sometimes women just feel attacked in general. Yeah. <clears throat> like if if like your wife was to say um I feel fat in this dress or I don't I don't feel good then it's more or less like you would have to tell her like, well, you have, instead of telling her, well, you have gained 50 pounds, you can't tell her that. You would have to say, okay, you don't feel very good. Well, just come to the gym with me. We'll change that. Mm-hmm. Let's work on this together. Mm-hmm. Like that's how you have to talk to you women. You got to meet people. And, and that's not even women. You got to meet people with compassion right. in any sort of expectation. I mean, in any sort of conversation because – we are, um, we're just sensitive human beings, right? And mm-hmm. I'm sure what your grandpa told you wasn't the most comfortable thing for you. Probably, you, you probably I laughed, laughed it off. You probably laughed about it, but at the same time, like some fraction of that probably made you feel a kind of way. Uh, not really, just, just the way I'm set up. Like I, I Bro, laughed you about, to, you I told, knew it was true though. But you told me that when, uh, and maybe not the weight, but you mm-hmm. told me back in the day, what drove you to lose the weight was because people was making like slick comments. Oh yeah, yeah. that, that, that so, was what... Yeah. I'm not saying necessarily that that affected mm-hmm. you in that way, but I'm saying we, boy, girl, they, them, we got to meet people with compassion when they're dealing well, with stuff because that's the only way you're going to get people to listen. If you're yeah. just like, uh, hey, you're fat, like that's going to feel like an attack. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go over their head. Yeah. But if you speak to, them, speak to them in the way that you, you just uh, displayed – then it's a little bit more palatable. It's not so much of attack. The heart rate yeah. is lower, and they'll be able to listen to you. Yeah, but sometimes the palatable, the palatable shit don't work. You need to penetrate some people's ego, or they're just going to be the <clears> same <throat> motherfucker not doing shit. Whenever, and this makes Kevin Samuel's point. Whenever people try to be slick or be cracking the jokes or doing whatever, and I lost that weight, I was already on that journey. But it was more of a fuck you to mm-hmm. them. Like you want to say this like i'm not i'm not nobody's play with like you can't play with me mm-hmm. like i actually have the ability to do what i want to do with my life but i responded with i responded with actual results yeah i didn't break down and curl up in a fucking ball cuz if you told a, if you told the average person you're fat they'd be like don't say that about me don't do that and they'll just stay fat mm-hmm. like you're crying about being fat because it's the fucking truth and you're not changing anything and instead of instead of curling up in a ball, do something about it. And most people won't do nothing about it until you penetrate their fucking heart and they say, oh, my God, I got to do something about this. Bro, I'll tell you this much right now. My whole delivery with that message is changing because I went to the funeral of my teammate who was 35 and died of a heart attack, bro. Yeah. Shit like that is why it's not okay to be overweight and and have all those health problems like it sucks to say that but dog do you want to sit back and watch somebody in your family slowly drift into like being at high risk of being in a fucking hole in their 30s mm-hmm. or would you tell them like I've, I've pulled somebody to the side and i spoke to him with compassion an old co-worker of mine and i said i told him i've mentioned this on the podcast i said Hey, man, I'm genuinely, I have a genuine concern about you, but I wanted to pull you to the side to let you know that if you need me for anything, you know, diet plans, whatever. I was in peak performance at that time. Mm-hmm. I was like, if you need anything, just let me know. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to him kindly. But 
Uh, and he said, man, I appreciate you, Ed. I know you ain't being mean to me. I know, I know you care, bro. You know, but the thing about it is, it's like, that's cool. But after we had that conversation, how many more bags of chips did he eat? <laughs> that's all I'm saying, man. Like, it's, it's, com- no, you can't communicate with any person the same. No. Everybody is creates their or needs their own style of communication. Right. So I guess if anything, you just got to try until something sticks. You know, you got to try the compassion. You got to try the the stern statement. You got to try the mm-hmm. brutal honesty. You got to try the tough love, and just see what works. Because you know, but sometimes nothing works, and yeah. you know that's a reality of the situation too. That's true. It's it's unfortunate, man. Mm-hmm. You know, shit, man. It's it's one of those things like. Like I, like I ran into you at the gym the other day and it's like for me I'm in a position where if I want to be my higher self I can't keep making reservations mm-hmm. like we'll get into it later but like when you write that contract with yourself you have to stop breaking that fucking contract mm-hmm. when you set out on a fitness journey when you set out on a financial journey when you set out on whatever it is stop breaking that contract mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so mm-hmm. that's the thing man I, I just think ultimately um, we need to better ourselves. Regard like, like if we, I think if it's up to us, nobody would really better themselves. Nobody would really better themselves. You mean like, what do you mean? If it was up to us, if we went at our own pace and our own speed, we would not better ourselves. Oh, you mean like because we need ne- an external influence yeah, or something? We're, we're like human beings are really fucked up in the head because we'll have the nerve to be insecure about something, but we won't do shit to fucking fix it. Yeah. We'll be like, oh, I'm so, so insecure about my weight. Let me eat a whole box of cereal now. Like, <laughs> motherfucker, how is that going to help you be more secure about your weight when you are insecure and you still go eat a whole box of cereal? Yeah. It's like, easier than lifting weights. Bro, everything worth something in life is hard. Yeah. Everything worth something in life is hard. And you feel consumed by it, but it's because you're working towards it. I mean, I was going, I was going to, to my apartment. And I was like, God damn, my legs is tired. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter how tired I am or what goes on. Bro, if you want to be better, you have to do better. And that's what a lot of men and women need to understand. You can't fix your mouth to have an opinion on men. When Man, this one girl called in the Kevin Samuel show, and he asked her, okay, so how many kids do you have? And she said three. And he was he was like, okay, all he said all by the same father. Like he made an assumption that it was all by the same father. She said no. And he's like, um, you got you got two babies, daddy. She said three. Damn. So you got you have an opinion about how men ain't shit and how men are useless, but you got three baby daddies and three kids. Mm-hmm. What man in his right mind gotta deal with three different energies from three different men with your kids? Mm-hmm. How are you a blessing to that man's life when he got a matter of fact, he got to take on six energies, mm-hmm. seven energies, yours, three, three of them kids and three, three baby, baby daddies. daddies. You asking a well, lot. He might not have to take care of that many because I would imagine some of them daddies is not in the baby's life. Regardless, they're going to be in there somehow because they legal documents, um, some type of whatever. And then here's the thing, too. You got three different babies' daddies, right? And I come into your life, but I those are not my kids, but I got to be better than the, than the babies' daddies that are not even in your life? Mm-hmm. 
I got to be a better, I have to be a better father to kids who are not even mine. Do you, I just want women to wrap their mind around what we're trying to say. And it's not to sink women down to being nothing. I'm just saying, before you have expectations, look at your situation now. Yeah. If you a dude that got eight baby mamas, you got eight baby mamas and you saying that women ain't shit, bro. You have eight baby mothers and you're asking a woman to be okay with eight different women that exist in your life. People just don't see the wrong, like people don't see not even so much the wrongs in their life, but they don't see how this situation can be a challenge to the people they date. Mm-hmm. Like you have, I think that here's the thing that people need to do. You need to assess the amount of challenge that exists in your life and determine how much like what type of person would be okay with that, mm-hmm. and then base your, then base your um your um your who you're going to date off of that. Mm-hmm. Like don't don't allow social media and your social circle and delusion to determine what type of person you should date. Look at your situation, right? Use that and then determine. Who's the best person? Who's the best suitor? Because mm-hmm. if you broke, if you a man that's broke, fat and short, and I and I hate and I don't want to sound like a dick, but if you are all those three things, chances are women are not chasing you down the street. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, I, I I mean I know I know this may sound like this is just wrong. Eddie is body shaming, just like the uh, that that Kevin Samuels. I'm not body shaming nobody. I'm just saying the shit that nobody says that we really know. We like our behaviors and what we display is reality. Mm-hmm. Can you can you tell me a woman right now that's 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 posting pictures of a man? Every time women post pictures of a dude, he's usually a pretty sexually attractive guy. Yeah. When do you see women posting pictures of a dude that's five foot six, three hundred pounds? Yeah, big chunky short dude. No, you yeah. don't ever see that, do you? Mm-mm. When do you see men? Well, shit, you it's more prevalent with men. You'll see men that oh that that are uh, into bigger women, mm-hmm. and they'll post that, and that's what they're into. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you're not a catch, don't expect one. Mm-hmm. And I think there's things that me, Keith. And every other man are working on that we actively we see where we are and we feel like it's a decent place, but it ain't great. Mm-hmm. We got work to do. Got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work to do as a man, mm-hmm. whether that's through therapy, the gym, um, finances, everything. Mm-hmm. That's Don't, a whole package. Yeah, bring to somebody before you. He said this: be be the man of your dreams before you want the woman of yours. Mm-hmm. Do the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, switching gears, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle was recently attacked on stage, and yeah, it was uh, for the Netflix. Uh, Netflix is a joke. I think it was in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy ran up on stage, and then later found out he had a fucking weapon. It looked like a gun with a knife attached to it, mm-hmm. but it, it, it was like a a fucking bayonet, Junior. 
Like, that's, yeah, that's like a Civil War weapon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> Still want slaves, huh? <laughs> if you don't get that motherfucker. No, you know, be crazy. What if he came at, came at uh, Dave Chappelle and he took that stick and he put it I'm in there? I'm dead. He had to put d- stump the uh, gunpowder in, in there. <laughs> that was hilarious. Man, I wonder how people got, like, really got fucked up with that shit. I don't know. How I think you have to be at close range to really get hit with it. Yeah, I think it's a sh- it's like a shotgun, ain't it? I don't know. I wonder. I, I think it might have had pellets in it. I'm not mm, sure. Yeah, I, I don't the, know how the mugs work. I think the pellets would fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, they had to stuff this. Yeah, that's crazy. That'd be crazy. Can you imagine if you really you got that gun and you try to use it now? You know, it's so crazy to think that people be like the type of weapons that are out now like automatic pistols and all these different things um, versus like what, like with one, imagine, <laughs> imagine if like some, like the type of weapons these kids be having in Chicago and stuff like that, if they yeah. just plopped during the civil war and somebody Ooh. trying to stick gunpowder in the thing and shoot at them and they just getting drilled with these crazy. They getting killed by niggas with dreads. <laughs> niggas with dreads just killing them. <laughs> <laughs> and then because they come there runneth up <laughs> runneth up and get this K slide down thy street <laughs> <laughs> yo those hey bro these it be they think they showed the police had stopped this 12 year old kid mm-hmm. in Chicago and they took it they uh, took a gun out of his backpack and it had like Four clips. Oh my god! Four fucking, not even four clips. He had four magazines. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just fucking full. Mm-hmm. And one of them was a, a banana <clears throat> clip. Mm-hmm. It was a banana clip. That motherfucker was like curved, mm-hmm. and then had the gun on there. And it was like, man, this kid was a fucking killer. Chicago is a different place. Twelve year olds, man. Mm-hmm. Like you'll see a little twelve year old and dismiss him. He'd be like, hey man, give me your shit. And you'd be like, man, anybody giving you shit. And he pull out a gun, yes, motherfucking shoot you. Clack, clack. Here, cock it. Mm-hmm. Clack, clack. Give me your money now. And then if you don't give it to him, he going to blow you away. Mm-hmm. Ain't even got a mustache yet. Ain't even got a mustache. That's crazy. Ain't even really went through puberty. Ain't got no nut hairs, nothing. Man. He out here busting people before he really busts. <laughs> going to bust on you. <laughs> Yeah, that's a different lifestyle in Chicago. Bro. Yeah, that's, that's just wild. But yeah, man, um, Dave Chappelle was attacked. Uh, they're not sure exactly why he did that. I don't know if it's because, uh, I think it says here, but you have to be careful with what they're saying. But Dave Chappelle spoke to a man accused of attacking him and reveals why he stormed stage. Uh, Isaiah Lee, 23, pleaded not guilty to charge of misdemeanor <coughs> battery, possession of a weapon with an intent to assault at a Los Angeles City Municipal Code violation, uh, has shared further details about the man who allegedly attacked him on stage at the Hollywood Bowl earlier this week. A secret comedy show at the Comedy Store in Los Angeles on Thursday night, the comedian 48 recounted the events of the, the Tuesday attack, saying that he couldn't see the man's face, but that he got a grip of his hair. According to Hollywood Reporter, Chappelle also described that he convinced Hollywood Bowl security to allow him into the room where his illegal, his alleged assailant, 23-year-old Isaiah Lee, was being held. Um, I needed to talk to him, Chappelle said, per THR, adding the Lee appeared to appeared to him he had been mentally ill. The comic explained how he asked Lee what prompted the attack, and Lee then told a story about his grandmother from Brooklyn who 
have been forced out of her neighborhood due to gentrification. Chappelle said that Lee meant for the incident to draw attention for her situation. During Thursday's secret show, Chappelle also described being embraced by his son immediately following the attack and being told by him, Dad, I love you. Man. Well, here's the thing. I, I know gentrification is a problem, and um, you say that you want to, he wanted, first of all, he's mentally ill. So let's just, let's just yeah, you're trying to rationalize yeah. some mental illness. Let, let's not rationalize the guy with the fucking Bayonet Jr. coming up on stage. Fuck that guy. I'm glad they fucked him up too. I'm glad they snapped his arm. That his, his arm was like his arm was so fucking backwards. And the oh reason God. why, and I'm I'm not trying to be an advocate for violence, but sometimes it's necessary. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is comedy is one of the only places in the world where you get rid of the political correctness. You can everybody's having fun, and you want to spoil everyone's fun. After they leave these shows, they got to go back into the world where don't say this because you'll offend this person and don't do this because of this. But at a comedy show, they get to laugh at the most fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. And you are ruining ruining the experience by going up and attacking a comedian. Mm-hmm. And I, what the, I really hope that people don't think that this is a thing where you could get up and just hit people when they say something you don't like. This motherfucker apparently... Um, was supposed to be going up there because his grandmother was getting uh, getting pushed out of a neighborhood. That ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm sorry about your so grandma. Dave Chappelle live in, live in uh, Ohio, don't he? I'm not sure. I think he does. Yeah. But it's like the way that dude's arm looked, bro, they twisted his ass up. They fucked that dude up. Yeah, they got to cut that open and see what's going on. There. Oh, man, that shit was backwards. And then they had handcuffs on him. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you ain't got to handcuff that arm. <laughs> Like the police was just like I don't know why I don't know who did it I, I maybe I, maybe the cops did it I don't know who did what well, that dude's arm was fucking backwards no I he got jumped yeah he got fucked up they By, said uh, Jamie Fox and Buster, Buster Rhymes. Rhymes and yeah it was a good little good little beating they gave for, his the, ass for those guys you got to think too imagine one you know you got you're not gonna get hit back two yeah you fifty years old. Mm-hmm. 50 plus years old and you ain't fought nobody in 30 years. Oh yeah. You just gave me an outlet. You ready to just punch somebody in the head. All that pent up aggression, all that stuff you've been holding on to in your personal life is just coming out on his head. I'll tell you what, do you know how many celebrities would be dying to be in that situation? Because celebrities take a lot of abuse. They take a lot of abuse on the internet. They take a lot of people being fucked up to them. They got paparazzi and they can't ever be physically violent. Bro, I guarantee you, if Justin Bieber was there and he seemed like he's a, just a really calm, kind person mm-hmm. now, I think Justin Bieber would have been stomping him too. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he would have. pops of paparazzi been in his face and TMZ in his personal life, all this stuff. Yeah. You would have been, Justin Bieber would have been back stomping the shit out of that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And it's just because some people, you got to realize like they're humans too. But supposedly Jamie Foxx was giving you the business. And then Chappelle was said he went back there and stomped him. Yeah, I heard that too. So it's like, bro, I don't advocate for violence, but I'm glad they took care of him. Yeah, you like you definitely respond and protect yourself. And you got up there with a weapon? You could have hurt me, man. Yeah, that's the, that's the kind of thing that goes without yeah. uh, that many people haven't said. Like He literally could have killed that man. I got like a he family. Stabbed him, or, you know, who knows? He got up there pretty clean. Yeah, yeah. man. And I, this is... What I heard, I don't know if it's real or not, but some people were saying that security wasn't doing their job. You know, they was letting people in with purses not even really getting checked and stuff oh, like no. that. You so. can't do that no more. Yeah. This yeah. is a new time. People are so, like, I think 
if we're being honest, we're too. Wow, it's a loud motorcycle. The mics are picking that shit up too. <laughs> um, we live in a time where we're a little bit too relaxed with places. If if we're being honest, a theater should always have an armed security or police officer in every fucking theater. Mm-hmm. You know, like ever since Columbine happened, and school shootings became very commonplace, we should not be having places at a capacity of over. 800, 600, 500,000, whatever, whatever amount of people without armed security. Mm-hmm. Every high school, I think high schools do have like a cop that floats in and out. Yeah, they have a police officer on campus. But it's like that should be everywhere. When you think about it, mm-hmm. they it have a, even the schools have changed in a way where um, they changed like the, 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 the dynamics and the policies. So like, if uh, there's certain rules, like to where now all the doors are like always locked, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that, um, just different things. Like if if it's a certain time period, you can't open your door for nobody. If it's a, a vice principal or pre- uh, principal or something, they will have a key so they can come in on their own terms. So mm-hmm. this is different, like rules and regulations that they have now. If some if a kid is outside, they just gotta you know, get swooped up by campus security. I, I think even I think even in California they should allow they should allow um teachers to conceal carry. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean like if a teacher wants to and it would literally have to be within like once they leave a the campus they would obviously have to take the gun and put it in its proper place. Mm-hmm. But it, as long as they're on campus, I think the teachers should have the right to conceal carry. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it should be away <laughs> from the kids. The kids don't know if they have a gun or not. But I think that I think that uh, teachers should be able to conceal carry mm-hmm. if they don't feel safe or they feel like they need to get out of a situation that may be violent, mm-hmm. you know. Because let, let's you know, there there's not metal detectors at a lot of schools. Mm-mm. Some kids just come in there, and yeah, if unless one of you them, live in Chicago or L.A. or something. Oh, in Chicago, they they got a they. You can't even go to the bathroom without getting checked there. <laughs> but like, if there's a kid, like you know what, fuck you, motherfucker, I'll kill you. I I would take that threat seriously, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, "Hey, well, Timmy, it'll be uh, it's me. It, it'll be you before me, buddy." Yeah. Okay. I will throw you down that flight of stairs, you fucker. <laughs> you, you ever you ever heard that clip with Alex Jones? Mm-mm. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. Like it is. It's like a voiceover. It's like you fucking fucker. You son of a bitch. Nah. Oh, dude, that shit. Every time. Fucking Alex Jones. But yeah, man, we we can't tolerate motherfuckers attacking comedians. That shit's got to stop. Yeah, I I, I was. I, this seems like um, just a wild situation. I think that um, it's a lot of mental illness involved. So it's kind of hard to say what exactly this this really is. But yeah, um, yeah it's it's one of those things where I, I don't even want to put it in a thing where this is like the a new trend. Right. This is like a instance of of mental illness taking place, um, but definitely we got to protect Dave Chappelle. Like he's the biggest comedian in the world. Yeah, Come on, dog. I forgot who it was. They did it like a she was on a podcast. Fuck, I can't remember. But apparently there was a guy that was stalking her property for like, like probably some weeks, and she didn't know it. And she ended up going to like going like out of state for like do some meetups or acting or something mm-hmm. she was doing. And then when she came back, the dude had committed suicide on her property. Mm. It's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, man. 
People are sick. People bro. sick, man. It's like, God damn. Yeah. It's like Justin Bieber. I can't believe I'm inside your house. I've always wanted to make love to you. Please don't shoot me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you never know, man. Yeah. It's people that it's it's people. I think it was a. Uh, I think it was Johnny Carson. No, it wasn't Johnny Carson. It was a uh, David Letterman, mm-hmm. a woman that got into his house and was telling him she wanted him to make love to her, and he ended. Up, he had to call the police and get her off his property. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude. <clears throat> People are crazy. Some sick fans, man. I don't want those fans to listen to this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Eddie, we know where your studio is at. You know, we're going to come down there and have sex with you and Keith. I'll be like, what y'all look like? (laughs) (laughs) I ain't Justin Bieber famous. I ain't calling the police. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's funny. That's a trip. I I was watching that show Cheaters Uh uh, the other day. And it's just it's just so funny. That show was so big. I don't even know if it's on anymore. Yeah, I don't know if they got new episodes. It's probably just syndicated. Yeah. I told mm. you about that one where uh you seen the one where he got stabbed on the boat? I don't know. That dude that the, the the host of the show that was like does in the, the investigations. Mm-hmm. One dude they went up to talk to him and uh he got stabbed and mm. he was bleeding. And they called the police and stuff and the dude got charged with like attempted murder or something. God dang. Yeah, then it was yeah, that an- show is dangerous. Like even yeah. the way they move, you could tell it'd be like some sketchy situations. So they got a whole camera crew. Can you imagine like you know, you out there with a sneaky link or whatever, you get some head and you having a good time and then like just like twelve people with cameras bust in there. Yeah. That gotta be embarrassing. That's gotta be embarrassing. Mm-hmm. You ain't even get the bus yet or nothing. Yeah. One dude, they they busted in with the camera crew and he was hitting her from the back mm-hmm. and then all he did was just slow his strokes down. <laughs> He's like, hey, what are you doing, my wife? He's like, hey, hey, man, hey, get out of here. Oh my god, this ain't right. Hey, 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 you hey, know hey. What they need to do. They need to release the the uncensored version. They 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 have it out. They have it. They they have it. Dang. Yeah. Straight back shots. That's funny. That was hilarious. Like he, they, he, the dude was like, hey, what are you doing, my wife, man? You know and, what I would do? Sorry what? to cut you off. Huh? If I was like a big brand like Pornhub or OnlyFans or something like that, yeah. I would buy that content. And Just buy the start all of releasing it, it on. Uh, You'll probably have to get clearances for like you know people's faces and stuff like that. But that would be crazy. That's nuts. Because that's one, a whole storyline right there. This one dude, <laughs> his wife was cheating on him with a woman, mm-hmm. and it was crazy because like you could see the girl like like trying to serenade her, mm-hmm. and like the commentary is like, as we can see here, she's trying to serenade her as they enjoy an adult beverage. <laughs> he be making it so dramatic. The <laughs> night in old English. <laughs> the night gets. The night grew thinner, and they decided to cuddle each other. And afterwards, they decided to get into some very steamy sexual action. We showed her husband and see how he felt. I can't believe that's, <laughs> that's her boss from her job. I can't believe they. She said she hates her boss. She's licking her pussy. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I introduced a threesome to her, and she laughed at me. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be crazy and then the boss just pull out this big old dildo and be like you know I've seen enough I don't want to see anymore I can't see any more of this <laughs> oh man that's crazy on the next cheaters <laughs> they it's have that just... real eerie music yeah <laughs> yeah like that little uh, almost like it's a ghost in the background mm-hmm. or something yeah, they make it super dramatic. Bro. Yeah, it's hilarious. And then the parts where they would check up on people five years later. 
Oh, I haven't seen that part. Oh, like the, like at the end of the episode, they check up on Don Quarius has been single for three years now, and then they do an interview with him. Like, yeah, man, I'm just working on myself now. <laughs> I haven't really talked to my baby mom since. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, I seen one where this dude was like dressed up in a clown outfit, mm-hmm. and I guess he was cheating on this girl or something. That's wild. And I think she kicked him in the nuts. Oh my god! <laughs> and he was like, "Oh fuck!" Ah. He got hit in the nuts real bad. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember exactly what happened, but he got hit in the nuts real bad, and he was like, ah, ah, and it just he was just on the ground fucked up, and he had a clown suit on. That's what was yeah. really funny. I'm like, come <laughs> on, man. This he is, be on some weird stuff. Yeah, it's man. like, come on. See, with like when we when we update all of the stuff, it'll be cool to have like that in the background, like mm-hmm. to Google or like Google that episode and mm-hmm. just pull up the clown suit. Mm-hmm. That would be dope. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. We're all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Cheaters Protect comedians, man. Yeah. Protect comedians at all costs. Mm-hmm. And don't end up on the show cheaters. Yeah. Yeah. They I need think to it, bring that back. Yeah. I think I, I think uh-huh. they could they could bring it back, but it's too violent nowadays, man. Bro, they need to base that show <laughs> cheaters in Bakersfield. Mm. Oh, my God. It's so easy to bust a cheater. All you got to do is go to Club Bricks. Facts. It's like... His he's like, his wife went out on a night stroll. She decided to go to Club Bricks with a few of her friends. Oh my god! Afterwards, her friends follow a car. <laughs> they follow a Chrysler 300 to a big nice house. <laughs> they enter the home and there is a bunch of men inside. They didn't they didn't decide to have more adult beverages. <laughs> she gets cozy with one of the men and pulls her pants down. <laughs> we show her husband the footage. <laughs> oh my god! That's Hector, man. That's my brother-in-law. I can't believe she would do something like this. She said that was her brother, but it's not. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Bakersfield would be so entertaining. Oh, Bakersfield man. would have the most entertaining Cheaters episodes ever. Yeah. It'd be wild, bro. Mm-hmm. You would see like all kinds of firemen and shit getting mm-hmm. in trouble, cops. At this moment, we had to cut the footage because we were driving through the east side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they drive to the east side with the camera. Hey, put that camera down, girl. Don't be bringing cameras over here. <laughs> oh, no, no. This, this will happen. If they bust out that camera crew on the east side, as soon as they get out the van, they'd be like. <laughs> as soon as our camera crew got out of the van, we hear gunshots rying everywhere. We decided to call the chase off and went back to the studio. <laughs> hey, nigga, don't be pulling it. Bow, 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 bow. Oh, man. Yo, the east side, wow. Yo, Bakersfield is going through some shit right now. What's her name? Just said it's the worst. Uh, Gavin Newsom said it was a murder. And, and it's crazy to say that we got fucking LA, but I guess per capita we're worse than they are right now. I think it was the. the it was some. It was like a subset of a statistic. Mm-hmm. So I think it wasn't per capita. I think it was like a certain, a certain way that they could delineate it, like pound for pound. <laughs> so, uh, something they did. I don't remember exactly, but they were like, "Well, L.A. is still has more based on this, but since it's like based on this certain caveat, then uh, Kern County has more." Hey, and Gavin Newsom. To hey, Ga- hey, Gav- <clears throat> hey, Gavin Newsom. How about you go fuck yourself? How about that? Wow. How about that? Why oh, you say that? Because it's the same nigga during the pandemic that was eating a, 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 a fucking at his favorite restaurant with no mask on with a bunch of people in it telling us not to do that. Yeah. 
like That's true. Yeah, once you do shit like that, man, you lose with me, man. I don't want to judge somebody's whole existence, but you turn like you did that shit and then turn around and act like you didn't do that shit. Yeah. Hmm. Like at this point, man, at, with that type of position that you hold at fucking governor or president, when you do something that lacks integrity, bro, I'm off of you, bro. That's facts. I'm off of you, dog. Yeah. I don't care that you can't, I don't care that you got something to say about motherfucking Bakersfield having this crime. How about you do something about the homeless that keep getting dropped off in Bakersfield? How about that? Mm-hmm. All right? I got nothing against homeless people, but we ain't never had no homeless problem like this. These homeless are not from Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. They are getting bus tickets from L.A. and they sending them over here. Yeah. Because, like, bro, they don't even know where to be homeless. In Bakersfield, most of the homeless are over off of Baker, like down, like the downtown area. It be people out there homeless out in Rosedale now. You be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, because they don't even—they're not from here. They don't even know where to, you know, where to go. And homeless be having resources now. What you mean? Like big old tents. Where are you getting this tent from? Right. Tents got bathrooms in it. <laughs> <laughs> on the next MTV Cribs, <laughs> we stepped in the Oscars tent. Hey, yo, this is where I keep all my canned goods right here. This is where I keep all my my cold food here, and then this is my bed, and then, yeah, and then this is two of my this is my wife, and yeah. this is my other wife, and we stay in the tent. <laughs> You're like, God damn! This be a three minute episode. <laughs> yeah. All right, this is the left side. This is the right side. Man, those tents be expensive. Yeah, for sure. Like, did you steal these tents? That's what I be. That's what I be wondering. Cause I mean, yeah, it's like it's a specific niche for yeah. people that go camping, and you know, this it's a lot of materials that it takes to put them together. I seen a, yeah. I seen one at a park. Yeah, it was like this big old blue tent, and I was like, "Yo, that gotta be." I don't even know how much tents cost, but that's like a hundred fifty, hundred seventy, maybe more than that. And it's tent. and those tents be lasting in the rain too. Mm-hmm. We're like, nigga, that's a Thanos tent. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I, I, I don't know if you caught this, but there's a dude that was in L.A. and he had a fucking two story. Uh, it was on wheels too. It was a cart, but it was almost like a a a, a curbside a curbside house. Mm-hmm. Swear, mm-hmm. it's got it's got like um, it's got like a ladder inside to go to the top floor. Mm-hmm. And then whenever the city like one of because what the city does is they make all the homeless people get off the off the sidewalk and then they clean it and the homeless come back. Mm-hmm. But all he do is he just get out and he just drag his whole house yeah. on wheels and he made it from scratch. I seen uh, it was I don't even know how I found the video. I think it was it was an artist who was working with um she does like these these like installations or something like that and basically mm-hmm. she was get, getting these big pieces of foil and like putting them around this house but the the people interviewed the guy um whose house it was and he kind of talked about how he built it and he said like i think he used to work in construction or something like that and how he got the materials and and stuff it was a it was a crazy story but it was kind of similar to that where he um he built it himself and it looked pretty comfortable in there wow Mm -hmm. you know what's becoming popular is these tiny houses yeah i want one that's that's one of my uh dreams to have one of those at least to own it, maybe to live in it for you know, maybe not my entire life, but yeah. you know, a small, a small portion. This of this it. dude had a, a, one of those tiny houses, but it looked fucking dope inside. Mm-hmm. When it's just like when you're single, if it's just you, that shit gonna be cool. Yeah. But inside, this motherfucker had like his tiny house had a second floor. Mm-hmm. 
So he would go on the stairs, go up on the floor. That's where his bed was and shit. He had a refrigerator, toilet, all kind of shit. You got to think, too. If you're a person that's really, um, like you said, like a sink. I think even in a relationship, it could work. If you guys yeah. are just like minimal, just a minimalist, yeah. right? You got your bare necessities. I think a lot of times what happens um, with people... When you have space, you just always trying to fill it up with something. Right. So that would keep it to a thing, uh, a thing where you would just have the bare essentials. You got your bed in there, your couch, you know, a few uh, things you need in a fridge, and you know, your few pieces of entertainment, and you, the rest, it just it don't got no place in there. So yeah, I think that'd be cool. Because a lot of times, you know, when people be moving, it'd be just it'd be it'd be so much stuff that we just accumulate because we have the space. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good point. That's true. You minimize the space, you minimize the the uh, the shit inside mm-hmm. of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one dude had a really nice one, and he just had like a regular little car, and then he had his truck that pulled it around. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is that's dope. Fire. They got new they got new <coughs> tiny houses that fold open. You seen them? Mm-mm. You didn't see it. The, the 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 tiny house you talk probably talking about is like they take these containers. And they cut them up. Yeah, I've seen that. But, yeah. but I've seen some that were just built. built. Like not a container, just like built to oh. be small like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And then I think they, they uh, this one dude had a tiny house, but it was mobile. Another mm, dude. Mm. And then I see these new tiny houses that are, they fold open, bro. Like mm-hmm. literally. They're like a box mm-hmm. and they're folded. And it's probably, the fold is probably no more than, might not even be six foot tall. Mm-hmm. And then they open it up. Boom, 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 boom. Just put it together. And they got like fucking sink, kitchen, all kind of shit. I'm like, damn. That's fire. That's fire. I, won't, I definitely want one of those. I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess the only thing for me is here in Bakersfield. Like, where does that go? Because you got to be low key on, the, well, one, you got to buy the property. Mm-hmm. But you kind of low key got to be on the outskirts. Cause it's not like mm, not always depending on you know if you have old um, they do this in L A all the time but it's it's different though I guess like if you have old buildings super super duper old out of code that nobody's using and they're getting ran down if you bought that property just knock the house knock down. the shit down yeah but it's it's a lot because like obviously I'm a truck driver but when I would go to L A and they would knock these old like <clears throat> buildings down, what they would do is you got to knock the building down and then you have to move the demo basically. So you take all the old rock and stuff, you get that pulled away by trucks and then you got to dig down. I don't know how many feet mm-hmm. you got to dig down. Fuck. You probably got to dig down at least 50 or more feet. You got to dig down mm-hmm. to get that old dirt out. Mm-hmm. And then you got to, once you get the old dirt out and you're loading the trucks up with that old dirt, then you got. Then they got to bring fresh dirt mm-hmm. and put it back down there. Oh and, man, it's yeah. an expensive job. Oh, it's a very expensive mm-hmm. job. Very expensive because in LA it was one that they dug. That shit might have been. It was. It was. It was less than hundred feet. You said but, a house or like just a regular or, or a building. It don't matter if oh, you like if you're gonna put anything on that property, they got to dig. Dang. And then here's the one that's the worst. One time we went to a place where, um, it was it was in Irwindale, and I think it might have been. Uh, maybe some old refinery or some old whatever. We had to dig over a hundred. They had to basically dig over a hundred feet down, mm-hmm. and we was in there with our trucks. Like we couldn't even see out. We had to go down with our trucks, and the dude was literally filling us up with a bunch of dirt, bunch of dirt, bunch mm-hmm. of dirt. And then w- <clears throat> what we were bringing back to him is we were bringing back like this dirt mud. It was like almost like sludge, and we had to get it out of our trailer. And I'm like, man, this is bullshit because mm-hmm. it was. We had to keep driving around in circles so all the shit fell out. Mm-hmm. 
So this shit is, I don't know, this shit different. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. The more you know with the Truckers Mind Podcast. Are you guys learning stuff today? Yeah. I'm huh? Something new every day on Are here. you guys learning? Mm-hmm. All right. That's great. <laughs> All right. Switching gears. <clears throat> uh, Drake. Uh, Drake follows this guy's girlfriend. Basically, recently Drake had posted a picture of him and his son. And somebody in the comments, this guy said... Um, his son already got a ghostwriter. Like, well, you got to back it up because he, he only posted that in response to like the fathers, like the present fathers for like the John Morants and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So he's basically posting it in association with that. Like, yo, this is the type of father I want to be for my kid. There's nothing wrong with yeah. what these guys are doing. So Yeah. So Drake was, yeah, just posting it in response, just just a positive thing. Mm-hmm. And the, some dude in the comments said, Drake's son already got a ghostwriter. Like, basically saying, like, Drake doesn't write his music and his son's not going to write his music anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I guess it was a shot at humor, but it wasn't all that funny. Yeah, and it, it was kind of, well. it was just, yeah. But this is what Drake did. What Drake did is he went to the dude's profile and it was public and the dude's girlfriend was on there and then he followed the dude's girlfriend his on His wife. Instagram. Oh, his wife. Mm-hmm. He followed his wife on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But here's the, here's the craziest part. Dude's wife is fine as a motherfucker. She look good. She fine as a motherfucker. So, and then he inboxed him. He inboxed the dude's wife and said, like, like, I'm here for you, ma. I'm I'm here for you, ma. Like, your girl needs some excitement in her life. (laughs) He does. So he DM'd her and then he went double back to the dude and told her that, told him that she needs some excitement. But but here's the thing. Even though Drake is fooling around, here's the thing, though. Drake knows he's fucking with you, but. He's making you think about it for here's the thing because Drake, like, you the only way you could even reach out to Drake is on Instagram. But I hate to say this, and it's not to say that every woman's like this, but if Drake has a show in your city, wherever you live, and he he DMs your wife and says, Hey, just hey, don't tell your husband, I, I got you some free, free seats up, up front, bring, bring, a, uh, bring a few of your homegirls, he could literally get your wife if he probably wanted to. And since Drake knows that, he's going to fuck with you because you fucked with him. Yeah, and I, they seem to joke about it and stuff like that. But um, I think there's some level of oh, like, yeah. is this, like, is is this, you know, could this happen? You oh, got to yeah. be going to sleep at night thinking like, dang, my, Drake really DM my, my wife. Yeah. yeah. But it's not just that. Like, I think men, I, I, if they're stupid, they don't, they won't notice, but... Like you have to realize, like take a deep, like look at your wife, and mm-hmm. your wife is hot, mm-hmm. and she's the type of chick that Drake would want. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? So it's like you, 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 like, and your wife already seen how lame you are with that comment. Mm-hmm. She's you, you. You are trying to reach out. Like you responded to a positive post with a joke about his son. Yeah. And your his wife seen that. Yeah. So Drake. Like literally, and here's the thing: Drake is the richest, most well-off, most successful dude that your wife has ever seen that has been in her inbox. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying your wife just gonna give the pussy up to Drake, but I don't know where you guys are. If I, if y'all ever on the outs and Drake inbox her, he could get her. Drake is also the most petty person in right. entertainment, so it could be 
two years from now, right? Yeah. You know, like you said, she, he on tour in the city. He might just be like, hey, man, I ain't, I ain't talked to a such and such in a long time. I oh, wonder yeah. if she's still around. And you see he deleted from all the pictures on her Instagram, mm-hmm. and then he pop up and take a picture with her so she could put, like, Jake is that type of petty to where he, you know, he rarely ever forgets anything. You even, you got to even look at his lyrics. Like, uh, we say, he says something about, um, didn't think I would be uh, biggest Trey songs, boy, was she wrong, or something like that. Like, all these different lyrics he be just holding, or these ideas he be holding in his brain for years and years and years, waiting on the perfect opportunity to use it, so. I think also, one, it's just lame. Like, I think that people do that just to gain attention. Yeah. And Drake generally is above all that nonsense, but I think he just had time that day. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's even unfortunate that he gave him that attention, but um, I think he responded in a way where it was like, okay, like, you know, he was trying to make jokes about it. And afterwards, he was talking about how much merch he sold and, you know, stuff like that. But I think. Um, in the back of his mind, he was really like, you know, dang, this is this is a serious situation. Yeah, he definitely. Yeah, I'm trying to find that girl's profile right now. They show that dude, but I don't think it shows his wife's on there. The dude, his uh, his wife is in his in his bio. Oh, uh, well, he probably he probably, he probably took her out. I mean, the, the if you don't talk all that shit, at least have a private profile. Stupid. The day I looked after, it was still in there. Oh, it was yeah. Yeah, dude. And I wonder if he got any profile, if he got any. He probably got hella inboxes. He said he sold merch. Like, he has some, he was selling merch based off of, uh, like, I'm here for you, my t-shirts and stuff like that. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's smart. Yeah, he marketed that. Wow. I'm about mm-hmm. to go on IG and I got to check that out. <laughs> His name is at Seti Boy, whatever. Hold on. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't running from the smoke at all. He was... He was definitely embracing the embracing the moment. Um, Some and people done created fake accounts in, in his name. A bunch of fake accounts. He had a lot of followers though, like thirteen thousand or something. Oh, that oh he did. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Accounts. Oh, it's a gang of fake accounts. Dang. Can't find it now, huh? Nah, it's a gang of fake accounts. That's crazy. Yeah, real page. Main guy hack, follow me. Nah, that ain't. <laughs> Niggas is crazy. Why? I need to make change my name. All you see is you see a picture of dude and his wife. His wife fine as fuck. And she's stacked too. Yeah, super stacked. And you, yeah, this is crazy. It's people like low key, they just like, I guess they clout chasing. Mm-hmm. And then one of them just got like Drake on there. Like, oh my goodness. This is, people on the internet is sick, man. Like it's a real sick, it's a real sickness out there. Yeah, the internet is a very, um, I don't know. I think one day, I hope one day we just could eliminate the internet. Yeah, and just go back to regular life. Yeah, where we got to pick up the phone, call people. You got to look in the yellow pages if you want to find a business. Just for a day, just to people to kind of reset. But they ain't gonna do shit for people. They gonna be just fiending. They gonna be sick, hoping they could get on there and yeah. It, it just yeah. People are gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. You but can't no. find it. Nah, I didn't. I didn't. I, I don't find the guy. But yeah, I think they just they just got rid of him. It's certain pages if you follow them, it'll be a, a bunch of fake pages following you back. Yeah, 
Like I, I was following this guy. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Like I followed this one dude. I think his name was uh, Him Five Hundred. I think his name was. He's mm-hmm. like a financial guy. Mm-hmm. I followed him, and then I had like twelve fake pages trying to follow me. Yeah. And I unfollowed that nigga so quick, and I deleted all those pages. Like I don't want them. They, they'll try to. They're probably trying to hack your shit. Yeah, ain't no telling. <laughs> yeah, I'm good, dude. Oh, here's it's right here. What? Seti, I'll send it. I'll send you the thing in the message. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, when I pulled it up, it just pulled a bunch of fake profiles. You got to type his name in exactly how it is. Uh, but his wife's name is in the thing. Uh, Tony Tony Bowden or something like that. Oh wow! Yeah, if you're making if you're making uh, <coughs> if you're making the best out of this situation, then more power to you. <laughs> it is kind of lame that he spun it into like a business opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not la- not lame from the business side of it, but like that he's able to win for disrespecting Drake's son. This yeah. nigga really, he got a picture of Drake and his wife, and he put it, he made it into like a like a graphic. Yeah, that's kind of corny. Yeah, it is across the board. Yeah, man, you don't do that. <laughs> yeah, man, so, just leave people's kids out of it. Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah, that shit is super corny. <clears throat> just as and he put his wife's profile in there. Her profile, she got thirty thousand on there. She must have just got that. Yeah, I guess. Well, he dude had, already had. He dude unf- already had a lot of followers. Drake, Drake unfollowed her now, though. Really? Yeah, that's funny. Cause he was following her for like a couple days. Yeah, you see the the clout. <clears throat> like I'm giving you too much clout by following you. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. Oh, know. this is not the thing. What the heck? Now there's that. Ain't ain't much else to say here. I don't want to bore the the listeners. Maybe mm-hmm. listen, listen to this shit. <laughs> All right, uh, switching gears. Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, this is the month where you should be aware of your mental health, but you should be aware of it every single day. Oh, facts. Um, there's a lot of things that um that can restrict. We there's a lot of things we won't be able to do if our mental health's not straight. And and the thing about it is. Like as our mental health goes, everything else goes. Mm-hmm. Like the head is like the, the the way we think and how we live is based on our mental health. And it's just sometimes I want to jump all over the place, but there's just certain times in your life when you're going through a lot. You just need somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. That's and you just need outlets in order to complement your mental health. Mm-hmm. There are so many people in this world that have a million friends and no one to talk to. Mm-hmm. Like like I've I'm blessed that I have you know Keith and um, my, my best friend of over 20 years, uh, his brother, Desmond, and mm-hmm. all kind of people that I can call yeah. when I'm going through shit. You know, when, when you know, I'm going through my most embarrassing moments. You know, times where my feelings is hurt and I got tears in my eyes at 2 in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, and I called my buddy back in the day. And I don't know what back in the day is, what, 2008, uh-huh. 2009, another time was probably... Yeah, like 2010, just t- just bouts of me being depressed over, you know, the type of relationship you're in or how you're being treated or what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you got somebody on the other, other end that's listening to you. Yeah. You know, here's the thing I find funny. What I find funny about men, what I find funny about men is men act like they don't cry when they get their feelings hurt. Yeah. Men act like they are so tough. When uh, they get out of a relationship or they get cheated on or get broke up with, nigga, I cried. Okay? Mm-hmm. 
I my feelings was hurt. Mm-hmm. I grew, I got out of it, but in the moment, I was hurt. Yeah, I'm thankful that I allowed myself to feel because it made me smarter. But there's so many men that will sit back and act like they're okay and drink four bottles of Patron instead of cry. I'd rather not put poison in my body and cry than almost fucking kill myself of alcohol poisoning. Yeah. And then not only that, you're suppressing the emotion instead of actually allowing yourself to feel. Yeah. I think that um, along with the idea of like doing what you need to for your own mental health, whether that's going to therapy, um, whether that's, you know, creating a routine for yourself, Mm -hmm. um, breathing exercises, yoga, um, anything like that. Um, That's like that's the the uh, at the forefront of mental health awareness. Mm -hmm. Right. The stuff you need to do for yourself. But I think you um, I think that you as a person that's supposed to be um, aware of mental health or celebrating this month um, or observing this month, I won't call it celebration, but mm-hmm. observing observing this month, if you aren't uh, being conducive to other people's mental health, then you're, the whole narrative falls flat, right? So before um, we were talking about a guy like Pete Davidson, right? If he is you know, uh, a person that is speaking to Kanye West, like, hey, I, um, I battle with a lot of things too. I see a therapist um, and this has been helpful for me. I can get you, you know, to a good place like I am. But at the same time, you're telling a guy like Kanye West who has mental health issues, I'm in bed with your wife. You getting his name tattooed or you getting the kid's names yeah, tattooed. That's ridiculous. The daughter is sitting on your lap when you're in the golf cart, all this type of stuff. Um, and for anybody that's ever been through, you know, any anything in life and you and you've seen something that makes you frustrated or anxious or whatever you know what that can do to just the average person's mental health so let alone a person that is already dealing with a bunch of different things that has taken pills for this um for for different things and has spoke about it in his music and his personal life and stuff like that um so i just think for us to be aware of ourselves is great you know do you do your thing go to therapy excuse me, hit the gym, um, do do your yoga and all these things. But we also, you know, when, when you reach the, the um, I guess, the highest levels of, of self-awareness, it also requires you to be mindful of the people around you. You know, it can't be a thing where you supposedly just looking out for yourself and, and not for, for other people. Because I think a lot of people um, are mental health advocates in theory and, and not in practice. And not in practicality. And I see a lot of people out here, the same uh, very liberal person that has like hashtag mental health awareness in a bio is the same person that I wish that is happy that Kevin Samuels is dead. And I think that that's um, like you you're contradicting yourself. You're being a hypocrite when you're doing that. So that's uh, that's my spiel. Yeah, man. Um I just think, I mean, I don't have a million things to say. Um, I just think we need to stop acting like we really care about mental health and not doing things that are um, proactively pushing us forward. Mm -hmm. A lot of us will have the conversations about mental health, but it's just surface level shit. Like the same person that will have a conversation about mental health will still be displaying trauma 
you know, having trauma responses to thing is, things and not even knowing why they're doing them, mm-hmm. um, being toxic and whatnot. And these are the people at the forefront of having those conversations. Mm-hmm. So we have to start really living in a world where people are exercising things that are beneficial for their mental health instead of just fucking talking about it. Mm-hmm. You and, and when you actively are um, when you're actively doing things that help your mental health. You see how many people are not doing the work. Yeah. It's the some of the worst people that I know are like mental like have been in therapy for X amount of years right. or you know what I mean? And it just it's kinda like makes you scratch your head. But I but I think even therapy is great and it and it does work. Um but it's a it's a very proactive thing. It's like like you can go to the you can go to the gym and you can get huge gains. You could get a you know if you want a six pack you get a six pack. If you want to you know increase the size of your biceps, all these different things, it works. But you can also go to the gym and just walk on the treadmill for thirty minutes on an extremely low level, and you could burn like twenty calories, and then you can leave the gym in the same amount of time. So right. I say that to say it's a it's a proactive thing. It's not like. Um, you are just showing up to therapy and then when you leave you just out in the world not necessarily practicing the things that you you learn in therapy um and i think that i think that's what happens a lot like um and some people have a lot to unpack and they think that they can just go like once a month or they think they can go like once every other month or when they're feeling bad or whatever but in reality you gotta you gotta be consistent you know, in going to these things or in doing whatever it is, if the, the gym is therapy for you or if, you know, uh, whatever meditation is, is, is therapeutic for you. Um, it's a consistency thing because when these uh, moments do arise, when you're sad or depressed or anxious or frustrated or angry, um, you need the proper rhythm in your life in order to combat these things. You know what I mean? So that's a fact. Mm-hmm. I think things like, as far as for me, <clears throat> I think that going to the gym is great for anyone. And only reason why is because the human body was meant to move. When you sit down in your depression or whatever you're going through and you're just sitting there, you're just letting it fester. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're not doing anything to, like when you physically exalt, like it physically exhausts your body of just just a lot of sweat and burning a bunch of calories and you sit down it, it allows you to decompress and when you decompress you can sit there and it's easier to think mm-hmm. and not only does it give you health benefits but it allows you to really decompress from the shit you're going through yeah how can you ever decompress by drinking alcohol yeah you never you, you never all you're doing is you're not decompressing you're suppressing when you drink alcohol for sure one, one of the things that I've learn recently is like literally just to breathe because what happens a lot of times like when you feel in some type of way you feel in anxious or angry whatever the case may be um your you stop breathing one or your breath is shorter um Mm -hmm. but if you are just able to focus on your breath you can calm your heart rate down um you could kind of like lower your emotions because you got to think it's all it's all it's this cycle right what you're thinking um, how it affects your body and then back back and forth so you know if you see um say you come in the house and your uh i don't know your white your girlfriend is cheating on you or something like that 
or you having you getting triggered by whatever is happening in the world or whatever the case may be, or you getting triggered by some thread you've seen on Twitter. Um, it's all this like it's like the cyclical thing. The yeah. that you're seeing how your heart rate is going, and then you're getting frustrated at the heart rate, or getting anxious about how heart how mm-hmm. fast your heart is beating, and you just like, <laughs> you know what I mean. But mm-hmm. if you're able to just recognize you you know your breathing patterns and then just take a deep breath, like you know that could that could literally work wonders for that's got um, that's got to be tough though. Coming home and seeing your girlfriend cheating on you in the action of doing it. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, you ain't never gave me a head like that. What the fuck? <laughs> if your girl, yeah, if you cheating and giving better heads to the, that's nah, that's, that's out of pocket. You ain't never gave me a head like that, man. Where's my gun? <laughs> 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 you can't, yeah, you can't be like cheating and doing extra stuff on. Yeah, on, that's on fucked up. Person. That's not cool. You ain't never threw it back like that, man. Yeah. Damn. Or you cheating on your your wife with another female, but you giving her. 30 minute dick, but you're giving <laughs> your wife's five minute dick. That's not cool, dog. Dang, that'll be all bad. Yeah. Your wife come in there, you in there giving the lady head and shit. <laughs> like, uh uh-uh, uh, not at my house. <laughs> I'm the only one getting head in here. <laughs> I'm calling the police. That's crazy. I wonder what, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's probably happened to someone before. Mm-hmm. They go in there, they see somebody cheating with their husband or wife, and they just call the cops. Because they scared of probably what they would do. Probably shoot somebody. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's true. Or they just want somebody to get out. True. Get out Bro, there's some good women out there that they they probably decent women and, and faithful and go to church and all of that. But them is the same women. If you cross them, they will fucking kill you. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, I believe in my Lord and Jesus Christ, but I will kill somebody. What the, Yeah, <laughs> what they say is nothing worse than a woman scorned or something like that. Yeah. If... Yeah. if it's some. It's, I'm telling you, it's some women out there that are truly decent, but it's a dark, very sinister side if they get crossed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, yeah, mm-hmm. but, yeah, man. And on air, I just want to say I appreciate you, man, because I was going through it the other day, and you, you know, you was able to bring me some peace through conversation. So yeah, we all need you, somebody man. to talk to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I think what happens too is it makes it. How do I say this? It makes you more credible when you've been the one on the phone going through it and somebody was talking to you. Yeah. Like I'll be talking to your brother or talking to the homegirl Millicent or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Millicent would be talking me through my situation mm-hmm. and making sense of it and yeah. not trying to like, you know, how do I say, not trying to validate everything I said, but also not trying to tear me down. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and having having more than and also I benefited from having a woman to talk to and a man to talk to. Mm-hmm. So I had a, a homegirl I could talk to about any stresses I was having and with in dealing with a relationship. And then yeah. I was able to talk to my friend, my other homie. Like so Yeah. I just I kinda had privilege in that position. A lot of people do not have someone to talk to. They have a million friends and no one to talk to about something serious. If you have friends, right, let me say this. If you have a lot of friends, but you don't have anyone to talk to in your most trying moments, you don't have any friends. Those are just associates. Them is just the ones you go to Club Bricks with. Yeah. Those are just the people you go party with. Those are enablers. They are not friends. Yeah. Like a friend is somebody that in your lowest, darkest, most fucked up moments that person is right there, and you could call them at four in the morning if you have to. Mm-hmm. I don't give those privileges to everybody, but I'll be like, "Hey, Keith, come me anytime." 
Mm-hmm. Hey, Desmond, call me anytime. Everybody else, fuck you. <laughs> that's facts. Nah. Yeah. yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's it's so crazy when you think. And even in that situation, um, somebody else had called me. And uh, I guess even with that information, I was very particular because, you know, there are people that will just be like, oh, you good, bro. Or, you know, just give you that like, you know, just are not being empathetic at all. Yeah. And you just got to be mindful of who you share, you know, those type of things. Bro, with. When I become very successful, I will have two phones. I will have phones that are I will have a phone that's general, just a general phone. Mm-hmm. And then I will have another one that is strictly for business. And I will have a phone that's strictly for business and close people. And I don't even want to say family. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep them in the old phone. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> the new phone would have people that are best suited for my mental health. Mm-hmm. That phone will be on 24 hours a day. It's almost like a close friends like this, on Instagram or something. I guess so. <laughs> I guess you said. But that phone would be on 24 hours a day. Yeah. If I get a call from that phone, I'm not going to be mad that I woke up because somebody on the other end, they need me for something serious. Yeah. So I'll leave that phone on. But my personal phone that I got now, um, when I go to sleep, I turn my phone off. Yeah. Yeah. People be like, I was trying to call you. I'm like, I know, nigga, that's why I turned it off. <laughs> People be calling about nothing. Yeah, be like, hey, hey, um, I seen this thing on Amazon. You be like, yeah, bro. Come on, dog. Don't you know I will come on the other end of this phone and slap the shit out of you? Yeah. And shout and shout out to um well, shout out to my mom one. I, I mm-hmm. talked to her as well after I talked to you and she was mm-hmm. able to bring me some peace. And she was like, Man, why did I was like, I just caught talked to Eddie about it and, and she was just saying like uh He's like, you could have woke me up. But I was like, well, I'm talking to you now. I did wake you up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one thing, too, is like um, kind of near the end of this conversation. But one thing about mental health is that it's very important to share. Because through sharing, you um, you inspire people. You, yes. You create, um, you're creating this conversation. You can create a new opportunities for people. So with me... I was kind of the first person to kind of step out and and, and start going to therapy. <clears throat> and I originally went because um I had a lot of anxiety around alcohol and it like it fit like it physically hurts sometimes to be like in certain situations where people are drinking and I just started to feel terrible um in specific situations. So I just took it up on myself to go get that handled and um I have tools and stuff now to where I don't have to experience that no more. Um but I made it a point to tell people, you know, just casually like, yeah, I'm I'm actually going to therapy right now. Right. Or I'm on my way to therapy or you know, I've been going to therapy for this for X amount of time. Um and then from that um my sister randomly hit me up one day. And she like, "Hey, who's like, you know, who's your therapist? How can I get in touch?" Boom, I shot her the information. I hit up my guy and um, told him about it. And then from there, you know, my mom started going. And then from there, um, one of my cousins was dealing with a bad breakup and um, on on multiple occasions, and he started going. And then my mm-hmm. aunt started going. And it's just like this just avalanche of people just kind of working on themselves. And um, I just say that to say, like, it's it's important to share, mm-hmm. share your truth, man. Yeah. Because you never know who would help. Yeah. And the thing about it, too, is even on this podcast, I think that this is important for especially as men to to basically be very transparent on this podcast. 
Mm-hmm. Like when when I say things that may not put me in the best light, like I've cried over women before and been depressed because of relationships yeah. and people to be like, oh, man, you got to man up. You know what? I know that I'm better off than you are because you're a fucking liar. I know that you cried. I know that you were depressed, but you too much of a coward to admit it. And that's the difference between not only me and them, but the fact that I'm saying this so you don't have to feel bad about your situation. Yeah. I will I because me and Keith actually talk to a decent amount of people on a weekly basis mm-hmm. from this platform, and they don't have to feel bad about how they feel. You're a human being. It is completely fine that you've been through these situations as a human being or as a man or a woman, and it's okay. Yeah. And and think about how helpful you can be to the world and the people around you if you in a great space. Yes. Right? Like if I'm in, um, if I'm a person that you know hadn't been in therapy and hadn't done all these things, um, hadn't developed myself, hadn't been working on myself, the the type of advice and information I can offer anyone is minimal. Hundred percent. I'll see. I do it a lot, man. Like I'll see uh, one of my friends, um, and you know these are people that haven't necessarily experienced the level of you know um, work that I have on, on myself. And they'll be like, man, I was uh, I was in this situation. Uh, my girlfriend just broke up with me, um, but I just I just held it in. I couldn't even cry. And it was only years later when such and such happened. I'm watching this movie and I'm just crying my eyes out. And you know, I see posts like that, and I'll give them, I'll shoot a shoot them an inbox. I'll comment under the thing like, bro, it's okay to cry. You know, yeah. just kind of offering even that type of piece to somebody like from man to man right. is very important because a lot of times we be thinking like like it's we too we too grown to cry or we too we shouldn't we got to man up or we don't really have a safe space. So I just feel like you know in those situations I'd be trying to provide. Obviously, we do it on a podcast, but you know, some not everybody yeah. listens to the podcast. So like, if I'm talking to you on a personal level, and even some people like they'll like. Um, they'll kind of put an asterisk by a conversation. So they'll be like, yeah, man, the other day, I ain't going front, man. I was, you know, don't look at me weird when I say this, but I cried during such and such. And I'm like, bro, you don't even have to put a caveat in front of of none of that. Like, you know, you good with me. Like, cry. It's it's okay to cry. It's it's okay, man. Like, and 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 it's just, I don't know, man. It's wild that it's 2022 and men feel... Men still haven't grown out of the false masculinity thing, mm-hmm. and uh, I was just like, "Come on, man! That uh, that's to me that's fake masculinity." Mm-hmm. When you know you basically bottle things in and be like, "Look, man, don't nobody care about your feelings. Don't nobody give a fuck. Just go to the bar, get you some drinks, and <laughs> chill with your boys, and just leave it inside, bro. Trust me. Don't even tell nobody." I'm like, "Bro, you're asking someone to kill themselves. That's what you're asking them to do." Yeah. You're asking people to kill themselves, not even from a literal sense, but inside your ass is fucking dead because you can't even you can't even decompress or express yourself because you think that's being a man. Yeah. You know, you know how many generations of men have been destroyed because they can't even fucking express themselves? A lot, yeah. And by the way, I'm not saying that men need to be emotional. I'm saying men need to have emotions. Yeah. Having emotions is a natural, real thing. So when you suppress something that's natural, that's almost like dehydrating yourself. Like you ain't drink. I ain't drinking no water. Water is for pussies. I ain't drinking no water. 
you know what? That's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Remember in the movie, uh, remember the Titans? Mm-hmm. He's like, leave that water alone. Water makes you weak. Water makes you weak. And that's an old beat down narrative. Yeah. But sure. in the coming years, we've seen how many people were dying from dehydration during the, during the summer football practices. Yeah. Dumbass old coaches talking about water makes you weak. No, I needed to survive, you fucking idiot. <laughs> this is essential to my body. Bro, when I was in high school, my junior year, there was a couple teenagers that summer that died, including the left tackle for the Vikings, Corey Stringer. He mm-hmm. fucking died. Mm-hmm. And he died of like de- like uh like heat stroke or some shit or dehydration. And yeah. it's like after that all the shit changed. They started making sure we had mandatory water, water breaks. People, yeah, mm-hmm. mandatory. They made sure we drank water. And even when we was, was in practice, like waiting, coaches would walk by with water bottles. Make and sure, us. making sure you drink it. Making sure you drink mm-hmm. it. Open yeah. your mouth, and it's not even a hey. You thirsty? It's like you know. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck was that? You heard that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody listen to the podcast through the fence. Um. <laughs> that was weird. Maybe the pressure you know what i hated when coaches used to do and i used to be like come on dude what the fuck when and it's probably because i was taller but coaches will reach up with the water bottle and they will squirt all you, down your nose huh? all down your nose and yeah, your eye I'm like yo sure. my mouth is down here motherfucker what that the definitely fuck happened to me a lot of times yeah it's like and it's almost that same feeling you get when you're swimming you know, when you jump in the pool or something and <laughs> yeah. the water just rush up your nose. And yeah. you and now you just got snot and water coming down. Yeah, the only the hydration you're getting from is from your own boogers. It burns, too. Yeah. Like, come on, coach. Fuck. <laughs> getting some booger aid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will say, though, I think, like, uh, on the mental health thing, if you – I feel like if you aren't mentally healthy, if you aren't self-aware, if you're not in control – of your emotions or if you don't have the tools to control your emotions, then you're not really like conducive to society. No, you're not. Cause you got, you need to be at this bare, like level, level balance place to, to go to work, to be a dad, to be a mom. You know what I mean? If you can't, if you can't, if you depressed, if you anxious, if you are battling all these different uh, right. mental health things, you can't really, you don't really have the space to to be uh, a, a loving mother, a loving father. You don't really have the space to be a great employee, a great coworker, because, you know, all that stuff, you're just wearing it, you know, you're just wearing it as like like a jacket or something. You're a liability to society if you got bad mental health. Mm-hmm. And it's not, and here's the thing, there's two different types of bad mental health. There's bad mental health to where you don't realize that you have a problem and you can work on yourself and start trying to retroactively go back and fix the things that have caused you to be who you are. But then there are the people that have no intention of changing anything. And you are a liability. Yes. You're a liability because we have to, we have to like operate around you because you're too fucked up Mm -hmm. and that's not okay. Let's do some, let's do better folks. Yes, sir. For the sake of everyone around us, kids, our kids and, and, and our moms and dads and cousins and uncles and whoever, Let's let's update our programming. Let's do better. Mm-hmm. All right, switching gears. Uh, let's go ahead and not end it with this one here. Uh, actually, we got two more. You think we can knock them down, or you want to finish? I it? think one is good. One is good. All right, yeah, cool. it's getting late. Yeah, it is. All right. Mm, I'm trying to figure it out what we can use. 
Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna end this on a funny note. Mm-hmm. There's an inmate prisoner situation going on. It's recently. Hold on, let me pull that article up real quick. Let's see. Here we go. All right. <clears throat> car link to escape inmate corrections officer found in Tennessee. All right, the car link to escape Florence, Alabama inmate Casey White and jail employee Vicki White was ditched in Williamson County, Tennessee, just hours after the jailbreak, the Williamson County Sheriff said, and it says, hold on, uh, there's no sign that, mur- that murder suspect Casey White, 38, and Lauderdale County Assistant Director Corrections Vicki White, 56, are still in the county of Williamson which is about two hours there. Basically, there was a CO and an um, inmate that escaped. Mm-hmm. Uh, the vehicle used by Escape Alabama. Inmate Casey White and former correctional. There's no sign the two are still in the area. The SUV was reported abandoned a week ago. It was identified last night. Okay, let's see here. Go to... And they believe that these two are intimate. The CO and the... Uh, escaped convict. I'm trying to look for this. The pair may be armed. Oh shit! The pair may be armed with AR-15 rifle, handguns, and shotgun. Damn. Yikes! Yeah, they they ready to. It's like some Bonnie and Clyde shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, basically, these two were rumored to be um, intimate. Mm-hmm. And here's the deal. This is why I'm bringing this up. There are a lot of female COs that get fucked by these these guys. Mm-hmm. And there are also male COs that are smashing these uh female inmates. Really? Oh yeah. And the reason why I want to bring this up and it's it's kind of funny even though it's not. Um <laughs> I think that people suffer from proximity issues. For example, if there's like an office space like like that show the office, right? If there's women in that space and you see them more than you see your family a lot of times, and you're working long shifts. Well, let's just change that to uh, a prison. And let's say you're working 13-hour days, 15-hour days, whatever. And then when you go home, you're tired. So you're probably not getting enough social, um, like, uh, like, like, I don't know, like there's not enough social outlets for you outside mm-hmm. of your job because your job is consuming so much of your time, Right. And you basically see these sexually attractive people that happen to be inmates. So let's say I'm a CO, right? And I'm at a woman's prison and I'm working long shifts, 16, 15 hour shifts. I get off of work and I'm sleeping six to eight hours of that. And then I might get hit the gym or whatever the case. I'm probably not getting enough social like currency outside of my job. But when I go to work, I keep seeing this girl with giant breasts and a <laughs> big old booty, and she's fine. She may be there on murder, right? But she's fine as fuck, mm-hmm. right? And to make matters worse, she's trying to give it to you, and you're like, hey, go in your cell. Go in your cell right now. I'm not going to put your titties away. <laughs> Get back in your cell right now. Get back in your cell. <laughs> And here's here's the worst part. Like I just like women in general of all cultures, but I really do like Mexican women too. So imagine if I'm working all these hours, and then Linda Garcia is over there, mm-hmm. small waist, thick as hell, long hair, fine as fuck. I might end up fucking inmate dash seven Q W Q Z A K W. 
Right. <laughs> you mean doble u x? No, I'm just playing. What? Oh, that's, that's Spanish. Because you know, you know, Letters. basically, inmates have a number. Yeah, I know. I was talking. I was about Spanish. Oh, w oh. in Spanish. W, ah, yeah. E. Oh, okay, I got you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that's that's the unfortunate thing, man. I think if you don't have the discipline and professionalism, you're gonna end up fucking these people because they're you're human and they're human. They're just in prison. But they're still, it doesn't stop them from being sexually attractive. Mm-hmm. So I think that this woman that was fucking this guy in there, you look at it and be like, oh, God, that's so sad that they're fucking an inmate. That's just terrible. Yeah, that's true. But then again, what's also true is she's human. But also the person saying that they for sure, depending on where you work, has got digged down by somebody at their yeah. job. Yeah. Like, come on, dog. It's unfortunate. But I, yeah. I've, I've fucked some chicks I used to work with back in the day. Yeah. And I'm not proud of it, but it happened. You know, I work by myself mostly, and I'd be masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy is crazy! Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, that's nuts, though, man. It's it's just one of those things. It, it it's just like anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And there have been female um, COs that have gotten pregnant, like mm-hmm. legitimately pregnant by inmates. Mm-hmm. And it's oh man, that's crazy. It's so crazy. It, it it is just like for me the way I see it. Um, sometimes you ever seen somebody off first glance, and you're like, nah, they cool, but I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really talk to them. Mm-hmm. And then two, two and a half, maybe not even that long, maybe like three, four weeks in, you're like, dang, she kind of look cool. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I'm saying? Her lips is. You know, because you're around her too much. Yeah, you just seeing her more. You looking at the details. You, yeah, her you, charisma. And you're all, a victim of proximity. Yeah, you work with these women, and they start to become more sexually attractive. Mm-hmm. They start to become better options mm-hmm. because you're around them the most. But trust me, fellas, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Leave them alone. <laughs> I don't care if they're single. Don't don't do it because you have to see them every day at your job now. Yeah, you know. Supposedly, um, this is like a different conversation, but um, Zendaya and Tom Holland, like I guess the directors of Spider Man and Disney and stuff, warned them not to date or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, I don't think they listen. But imagine them breaking up. You know, they have to be in the movie together. Ah, oh, yeah, and that could get tricky. But yeah, especially you know, especially um, like you said, you. It it just never it never works out, bro. Mm-mm. Even if if it's a friend with benefits, if it's a real relationship, whatever the case may be, it's always going to end on a sour note. And then you yeah. got to sit and see that person every single the, day. And here's the thing: I don't want to get too graphic, but it's the truth. Just because people go to prison doesn't mean they don't have sexual, deep sexual urges. Mm-hmm. You know, we heard the story <clears throat> recently how a trans woman got two women pregnant in in a female facility. Yeah. So it's like that wop hit different, boy. It's like they didn't at that moment they didn't see that the person was trans. They just seen that 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 person had a penis and they mm-hmm. needed some penis. That's crazy. Yeah, you, and you're in jail when you're a correctional officer. You're you're in jail with these. Yeah, you're in, in there with these people. Yeah, you're there only a few hours less than them on a day to day basis. And and here's the thing: it's different because in the free world. You don't have a bunch of women trying to seduce you. You have a bunch of women that you have to pursue. Mm-hmm. Think about this. This is where this is how men fuck up and start fucking these 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 female inmates. In a prison, in a prison setting, for if you're a CO in a female prison, 
You have a bunch of women, a lot of them being sexually attractive, nice asses and shit, and they're trying to seduce you. Yeah. On a daily basis. Yeah. And it's and it's and it's bad and it's very what's the uh, very overt and it's very fucking obvious. Even and, probably the most butch purse girl female in there. Yeah. Because you know how niggas would go to prison and then they'd be gay for like two years and then they hop out and then, you know, they kind of suppress those gay urges. But I'm sure it's the, <laughs> the the lesbian that would never in the free world ever, you know, mess with a dude probably be in there looking at them correctional officers some kind of way. Hey, what's up? You'd be like, Linda, if you don't go back in and sit there, sit <laughs> down over there. Ain't you a lesbian? <laughs> <laughs> she got a whole little mustache and everything. And you're like, oh man, now nah, we can't do this. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I just think it's it's a different ball game because you have women that are incarcerated, some probably for long sentences, and especially if you're a decent looking dude, and they're doing that, it's gonna get. If you get weak and you don't have discipline, you will end up smashing one of those girls in the in the, in the prison. Yeah, and then they're the they're gonna thing. tell somebody about it, and then they'd be like, "Well, I won't tell nobody if you smash me too." Yeah. So now you got a bunch of girls blackmailing you, back, like blackmailing you to smash them. That's crazy. That's crazy. Now you don't smash half the freaking inmates in there. This at the it all starts and ends at discipline. Yep. Like, yeah. Then that's you. I mean, we didn't get get into it, but you talk about the contract, the, the you know the these personal contracts you have with yourself mm-hmm. where all we, all we have in life is our word. That's right? it. You know, and I think, you know, in, in these type of situations, it's like, bro, you signed a contract on to be a correctional officer. Mm-hmm. You got, you just got to do your due diligence and, and make sure you, you know, put yourself in position not to take mm-hmm. advantage of those situations. And sometimes it's just like, um, say, I know people that, uh, like maybe aren't on Instagram at all. Like they don't even have an account. And that's probably because they know if they do have an account, they'll slide into DMs. They looking at women and stuff like that. So sometimes we have to curate our life to where it rids ourselves of even the option of doing certain things. Mm. So if you're a correctional officer or whatever job you're at, um, it may be a thing where you like, you're not even communicating with women in certain settings, like, you know, you may, obviously you got to communicate with women at your job, but yeah. you know, if you, maybe you solo in a, um, in the break room or something yeah. like that, you may just, you know, nod your head it, and move it, on. it's a, that show orange is the new black. I don't know. Sure. I was watching orange. I was watching orange is the new black before it was cool. Mm-hmm. Like when it first came on Netflix, I was like, yo, this is cool. Mm-hmm. And I told people about it. They was like, Nikki, you watching that show with all them girls in jail? I was <laughs> like, yeah, it's a good show, man. Yeah. But I, I didn't catch all the newer seasons, but the, on the older seasons, it was a CO. He seemed like he was a decent dude, but he he got weak. He's he, in there smacking. He him? was smacking one of those uh, inmates in there. Mm. He got her pregnant, and they blamed that they blamed it on a different CO, um, and basically said that he had sex with her when mm-hmm. it, it wasn't his baby. Mm. And the dude, I think the dude ended up going to like a different prison or something. Dang, I'm like, Damn, that's bro. cold. Yeah, I get it, man. Like you know, we have. We have urges as human beings. I think that's for me. the The place I want to be in life is just like, like superb discipline. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, just whether it's like consistency with certain things, or you know, just discipline and 
um, whatever it is, like dating Bro, or whatever the case. Honestly, is. if I was a CEO, let's say I was a new CEO, and then I and then I I go and I'm, I'm at a woman's facility, and I see like five women that are like, they didn't change their uniforms up, where they super tight, and the girls like coming by me like licking lollipops and stuff. I'll be disciplined, but the moment I'm like, man, I'm about to go fuck her, I'm going to just quit my job. I'm just leaving. Just leave, huh? I'm just leaving. I feel you. Yeah. Like, just say you couldn't handle it. You yeah. Know what I mean? I'm not about to fuck this thick inmate. Yeah. Just let me know when she's- when Well, her... what you probably could do is just quit and then double back. Yeah, well, you can't double back. You can't break into the prison. You can't feet. break into the prison. Yeah. Maybe when you're picking up, you're dropping off the keys or something like that. I'm just going to get her release date before I leave. <laughs> Remember people used to be like, look me up. Like, hey, if you ever knew if you ever in Seattle, look me up. You never like you know in the movies where like, you know, say they meet meet somebody okay. out and about. Uh-huh. Um, look me up usually usually mean like the the yellow pages. Back in the day, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you could tell it. it That's that. hilarious. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I s I don't know why I forgot about that. Yeah. It's fucking thousands of numbers. Yeah. When you list your phone number in there to pull it up. Yeah. Oh my Back in the God. Day. Yeah. That's so old school. Nobody remembers that. Uh, yo, I, I, it's crazy. I used to try to, me being a lame, was looking for like females' numbers in there. Um, but then you, it's not even they, na- like being a stupid kid, you realize that it's not the girl you got to crush on. Mm, like somebody. it's not Ashley Roberts, it's the parent that put mm-hmm. the phone in the name yeah. or whatever. Yeah. They'd be like, hey, is this Ashley? Yeah, this is Ashley. <laughs> this is her. Hey, Ashley, you got a fat booty. Oh God, I haven't heard a compliment like that since World War II. Thank you, young man. <laughs> would you? Uh, would you like some Werther's candy? <laughs> you know, the old people love those the, that candy. It's like a car- like a hard caramel candy. You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? Mm-hmm. What's it called? Werther's or some shit. I know, like nips. No, not nips. Is I know nips thing? is like the coffee candy, mm. but it ain't it ain't that one. But it's the same type. But it's yeah. like it's like a golden color, mm-hmm. and you pull is it out it wrapped up. Yeah, like, yeah. With a twist on the end. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Old people stay giving them candies out on Halloween. But you ever seen a cartoon where they eat candy, but they just eat everything? Like what do you they mean? eat the whole wrapper and everything? Yeah. <laughs> 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 you gonna be doodling out wrappers? Oh shit! You know sometimes they don't realize that the shit they put in cartoons can like it can end bad for kids. Yeah. Yeah. Like like it'll be some like Ed Ed and Eddie or something like yeah. that. They, yeah. They yeah. get the candy like I love fudge brownies. And they just dumping everything. They in eat the, the whole pan and everything. Yeah, that's hilarious. Your little your kid in there trying to eat that whole goddamn pan because they yeah. seen it on a cartoon. That's comedy. They had some cartoons back in the day that shouldn't have been a thing. Like back in the day, Cat Dog. Yeah, that's wild. That shit should have never been a cartoon. It's some wild like premises for TV shows. You yeah. can just like, what's going it's on? It's wild, here? bro. Yeah. Yeah, back in the day, uh uh Foghorn Leghorn wasn't a bad character, but it kind of was like kind of was. Mm-hmm. Foghorn Leghorn used to like like beat the shit out of that little chicken. Mm-hmm. He like, come in, get yourself together. What you doing? <laughs> I guess it was supposed to be like a southern man or something like that. Yeah. A lot of a lot of Older shows had a lack of self-awareness, they too. They did. Like, one mm. of the most racist cartoon characters ever had to be Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's like, damn. Mm-hmm. 
Like this, just the most stereotypical racist shit. Yeah. Have you ever seen the old? Have you ever seen an old, um, um, uh, like an old cartoon with Bugs Bunny, and mm-hmm. it's got like blackface in it? I haven't seen it like in real time, but I've seen like the YouTube oh, bro, it's clips wild. And stuff. It's wild. Basically, I seen one where it showed like a black, like a black face with big red lips, and it. Didn't even like they didn't even have the character talking. It was just like mow 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 because they think black, you know. That shit was wild, stupid, bro. Yeah. And Bugs Bunny was like, Bugs Bunny was just like fucking fucking it up, and it was just wild. Yeah. I, I, once we end the podcast, I'll show you. But I was just like, damn, this shit was really on there. That's so, which is like cool about uh, Jay Z's um, story of OJ. That, yeah. You know, kind same of characters he that. had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The that that style of character and stuff mm-hmm. yeah it's i think it's so cool when art um when art is able to uh say something yeah you know what i mean like really kind of yeah like today recently the fucking kendrick lamar where he <clears throat> did the deep face with nipsey and yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's really dope um yeah i just i just love like creatives especially black creatives i think i think black creatives always have like these underlying messages and themes in their music and in movies and in music videos and stuff. So it was dope. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it looks like we came to the end of this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening to a trucker's mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy. K. Things. We're out of here. Peace.